0: On this Funkatopia podcast, I am joined by co-host Michael Dean from PodcastJuice.net, who has been doing Prince podcasts for many, many years. We also had a surprise guest appear from Miss Kim Berry, who's been Prince's hairstylist for the best part of 30 years, and also NPG's Philip Lassiter and American Idol's Elliot Yameen, all in one big, compact podcast. Pretty good one. Here it is. Enjoy. Hello, one and all. Welcome to Funkatopia Live. Mr. Christopher in the house. Hope you guys are doing well, well, well. Love doing all that stuff, it's so much fun, 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 fun. A lot of people ask me, well, a few people have asked me, what's that song that you guys use for your opening on uh, on Funkatopia Live? And that song is by a band called Dumpster Funk, it's uh, Ivan Neville's uh, band Dumpster Funk D U M P S T A P H U N K, and that is a song called Dirty Word that they did with Annie DeFranco, and uh, it's pretty awesome. It's called Dirty Word, Dumpster Funk. Ivan Neville, Ian Neville. uh, It's just a conglomeration of some really awesome musicians. And it's a great title song. We never really play much of it because we have to cut it off before it stops singing. (laughs) It's a very special night. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Mr. Christopher. I'm your host for the evening. And I will not be alone tonight. Tonight, I will have a co-host this evening by the name of Michael Dean from PodcastJuice.net. Some of you have heard his many, many uh, Prince podcasts that he does, and he's going to be joining us a little bit later on. Not a little bit later on, but uh, he'll be here within the half hour, and that's going to be a lot of fun, so we're going to have him on board, and we're also going to have on board Mr. Philip Lasseter from NPG. Trumpeteer extraordinaire who has played with just about everybody under the sun, including Prince and Fantasia and Jill Scott and Kirk Franklin and Al Jarreau and Anthony Hamilton. And I mean, just the list goes on and on and on. It's pretty amazing. It's going to be a lot of fun. And again, that is Philip Laster from NPG. And he's uh, going to share some Prince stories and also talk about his brand new album that's coming out called Filthy p-h-i-l-t-h-y which i got to hear some tracks of and it's pretty friggin' awesome it's really good stuff so um maybe we'll get to share some tracks a little bit later on this evening i was not prepared i didn't think to go ahead and preload some of those i'm gonna have to maybe take a break at some point in time and get some of those loaded that's me just being unprepared but hey nothing new And uh, Mr. Michael Dean will join us. He's uh, running about 30 minutes off, so that's fine. It's all good. I can talk to you like I normally do, and we can talk about some uh, Prince news and whatnot and um, and just see what's on your mind. The phone lines are open, so if there's something specific that you want to uh, talk about, you can feel free to do so. Just call at 831-777-FUNK. Again, that's 831-777-FUNK, which is... Three eight six five for those of you who are alphabetically challenged and um I, we kind of in you talked a little bit on Michael Dean's show uh, last week. We were talking about this new deal that was struck with uh, Sony Legacy, that is going to be releasing uh, all of Prince's albums, pretty much from Emancipation on. Um, they're going to be re-releasing the albums. We were kind of talking a little bit about you know what is the significance of this deal. We're trying to figure out you know where. I guess nobody will actually technically know what this looks like until it actually starts happening. And there was also the question of, well, you got all these albums that you're going to release. Is it all going to come out all at once? Is it going to be one big, huge kablow? And then we're going to get tons of albums that are going to be released all at one time. Um, That is not going to be any type of pomp and circumstance involved in it. Is it just going to just start showing up at some of the whatever's left, the music retailers that are out there? I guess uh, there was an announcement just, I guess, this past week that Best Buy is now going to stop selling CDs. Um, I think we kind of saw that transition happening already because the last time that I went into – I was trying, I can't remember what it was. I think it was the the last Kendrick Lamar CD the the, the last damn, uh, CD. And I went in, I said, you know, I want to get it just because I want to have the physical copy. And just cause that's what I do. And I did it with Prince and all the artists that I love, the roots and the fix and all these bands that I'm just like obsessed with for whatever reason. I love to go out and I love to physically purchase the CD because I just think that this, that does so much more for the artist. um, and i went in to the best buy in uh i guess it was duluth georgia and there was there was nothing it was like two racks of of cds now when i say racks i mean like row like like a row like an aisle so you had one side that was an aisle and then you turned the corner and there was another row that was an aisle of cds and that was it that was all the cds and that was everything from jazz to rock pop uh soundtracks and whatever else it was just kind of it's kind of a little disappointing, so that was the other question that came up with this Sony Legacy deal that the estate has made uh, an arrangement with. Is what what's going on with this? Are we talking about just the distribution of this via MP3s? Is it actual CDs? What what what's happening? Um, so I guess we just don't really know. And, um, one of the things I was kind of a little bit excited about is that there is going to be re-releases of, uh, certain CDs like 3121 and, um, 3121 and also, what was it? uh, uh Rainbow Children and just all those ones that came out that were, you know, pretty much underneath the guise of Paisley Park. And I, I just, I, I love the fact I love that, but here was the other thing that I want to talk about, and I want to talk about it. Um, I kind of want to be careful about how I say this because I think, and, and you're you're more than welcome to call in while we're you know while we're kind of in this little bit of a hiatus here. But one of the things that I really want to try to understand are are we in a bubble? I really think that we are in a bubble. And, and I think it took me a little while to realize just how much of a bubble that Prince fans are in. Um, I, it really is a very, <laughs> because whenever I go out, I, I just, I don't know, I just expect to see Prince symbols everywhere. I just expect to always run into Prince fans. I just always expect to just meet people who are, who are huge, hardcore Prince fans like myself. And I don't. I have, my, I have my little Prince logo. Um, I have the Prince symbol on the back of my vehicle. Um, that's there. And it's got Prince, my Prince label uh, logo on one side, and the Funkatopia uh, logo on the other side. And <laughs> nobody ever says anything to me. And and I just and we were talking with the uh, when we were on the um, when I we were on Michael Dean's show. We were mentioning the fact that artificial age. Only sold and it was like crazy. And I'm, I'm, I, matter of fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up now because this was a discussion that we had. Uh, let me pull this up because I want to get this number right, just so you guys can kind of wrap your heads around, wrap your head around this. And I'm getting this from Wikipedia. Okay, yeah, here it is. You ready? To date, to well, and I don't know how accurate this is or when this was updated the last. Okay, but Artificial Age was released September 26, 2014 do realize that it only sold 66,000 copies worldwide 66,000 that's nothing in the scheme of things when artists and 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 everybody are 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 selling Millions and millions of albums, and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of albums. This is an album by Prince. Somebody, somebody who is no longer with us, and his album should be like flying off the shelves right now as it is. And that album only sold sixty-six thousand copies. Its first week, its first week, fifty-one thousand of those were sold. So between two thousand and fourteen, and whenever this particular thing stopped it only sold 15,000 more copies. Which leads you to, to kind of wonder what um, how, uh, <laughs> how much of a bubble are we in that, you know, because we just think oh, well Prince is going to release an album and millions of copies are going to be sold everywhere. And it's just going to be all over the place. And um, it's just um, um, it's just amazing to me that it's it's not selling a lot of albums. And I just I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around just how much of a bubble that we are in as um as fans. So that may be something that is going to be uh interesting to talk about. Um and what of course when Michael gets here, he's gonna be able to 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 kinda speak to that a little bit. And uh of course Obviously, we've got Philip Lassiter coming on. I'm interested to hear some of his uh, stories. And later on, after we get done with uh, the call with uh, Philip, we are actually going to be sharing, uh, it's Michael Dean and myself, and we are going to be sharing our top five deep cuts, unreleased cuts um, of princes. So these can be unreleased things. So if we kind of, you know, uh, they they can be things like in a large room with no light or we could like really really, you know, go down the rabbit hole and say, you know, um the the original version of uh of uh, uh, Toy Box, or or uh, I'm just kind of just rambling, Lisa, or uh, Everybody Dance, or the, the, uh, verse, that song called Broken. Uh, there's like so many different songs that are out there that are just, it's just all over the map. Bed of Roses, Boom Boom, uh, Corporate War, Dance with the Devil that was supposed to be on Batman. Like all these little weird songs that are like really, really cool that we would love to see released. Um that we've heard in some form or fashion from various places, uh, some maybe here, <laughs> who knows, um, but anyways, so it's just going to be um, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna have a fun night tonight. So those are the kind of topics. top five deep, deep prince cuts. Um, if you want to call in and share some of your Prince Deep Cuts, you can do that as well once we get to that area. The phone number to call in is 831 777 Funk. Again, that's 831-777-3865. And uh, we'll be taking calls. And if you have any questions for Michael, because that's the other cool thing that I was mentioning a little bit on the pre-show, if you got an opportunity to uh, go to the uh, pre-show or listen to the pre-show. um, um One of the things I'll talk about is that uh, if you listen to Michael's show, you don't get to talk to Michael. So Michael's show is for the most part pre-recorded just because it works out better for his schedule. And it's certainly better than a 24-7 scenario like we have here um, or when we want to do things live. Because trying to get everybody's schedule together and get everybody on the same page is just, it's just, you know, it's tough. And I know how difficult that possibly can be. And uh we definitely want to make sure that um, you know, if you wanted to talk to Michael, you can do it tonight. 831 777 Funk. When he's here. He's not here right now, so you can't talk to him. But uh I, I do really wanna kind of dig a little bit deeper into this uh into this bubble thing that uh because it, it, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um just because I, I just think that everybody in the world is, should be a Prince fan and is probably a Prince fan. Um, and everybody that I know, uh, friends and family, know that I'm a Prince fanatic. And so I just think I'm always constantly surrounded by it. Um, so I just, it's just weird. I just kind of feel like I'm, <laughs> I just think I just just came to the realization that whenever I t- I when I tell people that I'm a Prince fan and they get that glazed look on their face like, what, really? It's kind of like saying you're like a fan of Beyonce or a fan of something. It's like, you know, you just don't, it's hard to, you don't meet a lot of those people. They're out there. You know they're out there. Um, but just so many people just don't really care about music to the extent that that people from from my generation and the generation after that did. And it's just kind of weird. Um, so there's that. Um, another thing I want to talk about is that, uh, there is, uh, some, cr- well, I can't really talk too much about, uh, some things, but, uh, there is, there's some really cool things that are coming down the pike that I thought you may be interested in. Uh, there is a group called, uh, for the love of God and this is a number four and then everything else is spelled out the love of God and you can see their website at Prince. 4, the number 4, theloveofgod.org. That's Prince4, theloveofgod.org. You can actually go there, and uh, they are planning a pretty pretty cool little cruise here that they're going to be doing, leaving January 5th through January 10th for all of us Prince fans who are inevitably in our, uh, our Prince bubble here. Um, this is pretty cool. It leaves January 5th, out of New Orleans, out of the port of New Orleans, and it's uh, Saturday, January 5th through the 10th, and it's a five-day cruise that's going to go to uh, Cozumel, Mexico, Progreso, and Yucatan, and um, it's pretty awesome and it's pretty reasonably priced, and it's going to be a Prince cruise, and it's done. It's going to be done as part of uh, a Carnival, um, a Carnival ship, the Carnival Triumph. And um, so I'm kind of interested if anybody would, you know, I've always said this would be really, really cool to be able to uh, get on a boat and go to beautiful places You know, like this. And like I, this past week, I was in Florida and we were on the beach and a lot of the time I had my my headset in and I was listening to Funked Up and I was listening to Prince. Uh, while I was walking around on the beach, and it was really, really cool to walk on the beach late at night and be listening to some of these really cool tracks and stuff, and and uh, because you don't hear that stuff on the radio anymore, it's just the same 20 songs over and over and over again, and to be able to go onto a cruise in the beautiful, beautiful, uh, uh, Cozumel, uh, Mexico, at Yucatan, and be able to hang out with a bunch of Prince fanatics like myself. Uh, for five days, uh, sounds pretty friggin' compelling. And it, they're calling it the Purple Party of the Year. And uh, a little bit about For the Love of God, they are actually a 5013C, so they're a registered 5013C, and they they have a lot of different things that they do. Um, the, one of the things that they want to be able to do is to um, to kind of lessen neighborhood tensions by um, helping disadvantaged and underprivileged children. And uh, that is one of that's the primary reason for existence is to just kind of help kind of uh, offset the social media epidemic of suicide and just uh, kind of help the youth in the, in the face of all these adversities and um, just kind of, you know, everything from helping kids uh, get musical instruments and help the music programs for underprivileged kids. And uh, just, it's this—it's it's really, really cool, everything that they're doing. And again, they are a 501c3 uh, nonprofit organization, and it's called 4, the number 4, The Love of God. And uh, they've got this really cool cruise that they're going to be doing. And um, it's January 5th through the 10th. And uh, if you're interested in checking out more information on that, you can definitely go and I think they they have a link here where you can actually go to uh, register register there and also possibly win a free cruise so if that's something that you think you may be interested in, check it out you can go to Prince the number four the love of and you can read all about the cruise you can read all about the uh, Um, The MIND project that they did, which is Music for Inner City Neighborhood Development, M-I-N-D, Music for Inner City Neighborhood Development project um, they have. And um, read about the cruise and figure out how you can get on a boat with a bunch of like-minded individuals and listen to really cool music for a long, long period of time, (laughs) five days, and just be getting lots of great food and lots of fun in a beautiful landscape and just uh just everything is just be really really awesome man it's all purple very cool very cool i think they're still working on um i think they haven't fully fully divulged everybody that's going to be on there as far as their guests are, are concerned but you know how that is i mean celebration does the exact same thing they go ahead and take reservations and you can go and and sign up for it and then uh when they feel like it's time they will let you know <laughs> to make sure that you're ready for it. Um, so those are the things that we actually have on the um, on the docket, and um, we will make sure that you uh, definitely know when everything is going on. And um, you know, if you need anything, you know where to go. Just go to Facebook.com and uh, check there, and we'll make sure that any information that I talk about here on the show. We'll be up there. We're also recording this, so if you want to listen to this a little bit later on, we should have it posted before the end of the weekend. And, um, you know, you know how it is. So what I wanted to do was, is I wanted to... Let's see if I can grab a song here. Um, I'm going to grab a couple of tunes. Um, That's not really... Not really... uh, (laughs) I'm trying to find some songs here that you guys would really... uh, would really, really dig. And that was Feline. Uh, That was Feline. So those are the types of songs that we're talking about here, where we're talking about um, some of the songs that uh, we're going to be covering tonight. Uh, Michael should be with us probably around the nine o'clock hour, and we're also waiting for Mr. Philip Lasseter to join us, and he'll be joining us Hopefully very, very shortly. But in the meantime, we've got plenty to talk about, plenty to chat about. And uh, I know that some people are already sending me their, their favorite songs. Because one of the things that I said that Michael Dean and myself are going to be doing a little bit later on is that we're going to be talking about the top five songs of, of ours that we love and admire uh, of princes that are maybe not quite radio ready. Now, I just don't mean unreleased, but I'm talking about maybe some of the the deeper cuts. Like, for instance, um, All the Critics' Love You was not really a really a radio track, but, however, it uh, did very, very well. It kind of got a life of its own. Same thing with Erotic City. Erotic City kind of blasted. Erotic City was a B-side, and it still got this amazing, amazing traction and ended up being one of these songs that's just... It's one of all time's favorites, "Ballad of Dorothy Parker." All these little, like deeper tracks that people love and just are obsessed with that are not really radio friendly hits. And we had a um, we had a a couple of tracks that uh, we've been sent so far. Um, one was the original version of "Extra Lovable," and then also there's other here. There's others here with us. And we can't obviously forget about Dance with the Devil. That's actually one of my top five. Um, That's just one of these weird... I've always liked those weird type of moody, ambient songs. Um, Just one of those things where you just can't... um, It's very, very difficult to kind of process it if you're... Unless you're sitting in a dark room with headphones on and it's super quiet and you don't have any distractions, or sitting on a beach with headphones on listening to songs like that where you've got those weird, it's just weird chords and just everything is just super super bizarre. And um, I just I love those songs. Myisha just sent one in, "All My Dreams." That's a perfect example of uh, some of the songs that we'll play while we're here in the very, very beginning hours. You guys want to hear music for a little bit more. I know you guys love the music. Now that we're back to our regularly scheduled program, I know it's very, very difficult to kind of get out of that 24-7 Prince (laughs) mode. It's been difficult for me too, but one of the things you may have noticed today um, is that we've added, I've added at least a couple hundred more songs, a lot of newer songs, a lot of uh, deeper neo-soul type of tracks and well i mean we, you know by it's kind of kind of a stretch a little bit you know so, tracks like from Erica Badu and Bilal and Anderson .Pac and Kendrick Lamar and and uh some stuff from Dr. Dre and just just things that are funky and things that are just uh that people will enjoy and kind of mixing it up and just adding more artist and more variety to those that 12 to 6 window and just kind of just making it really cool and fun um but I know how it is. You know, you like moments like this where you can just sit and just take in all the music. And uh, we're going to do that because once we start getting into it and we get Mr. Lassiter on the phone and Michael Dean calls in, we are going to be pretty much in a chat mode. Well, with the exception of Michael Dean, we've got a couple things we want to talk about because I want kind of, for those who don't know who Michael is, um, he is probably one of my f- favorite Prince bloggers well not bloggers but uh podcasters that's out there um there's so many people that are out there peach and black podcasts is is really uh there's so many really really good ones that are out there um that i want to make sure that people know about and um Michaels is one of them, so I definitely want to make sure that he gets an opportunity to tell you a little bit about podcastjuice.net. If you do not know who he is, you need to, because he does these interviews that are just insane. I mean, he literally sat down with Susan Rogers for the better part of three hours and talked to her about just the mixing and all the engineering and everything that went into uh, making music with Prince, and it was just... He literally just sit there, and it's just three hours just go by, and it feels like 20 minutes. It's just fantastic. I mean, And he's just... Always been a good dude, and uh, glad that we were able to get him on the show. And he's he's working his way towards a phone, and he'll probably be here again in the 9 o'clock hour. But what we're going to do is if you want to call, you can, 831-777-FUNK. That's 831-777-3865. Call in and let me know what your favorite tracks are uh, that are the deeper cuts. And if you got some unreleased ones that you want to throw out there, that's perfectly fine. We're just talking right now. If I happen to have uh, some access to said track, I may play a little clip of it. Not the whole thing, but I may play a little clip of it so that we can kind of hear what uh, you're loving. And um, but for some of these ones that are out here, like there's others here with us and things like that, we actually do have those tracks. So let's play a little bit of that, and we'll have some fun here during the ram- remainder, <laughs> the remainder of this opening hour. Uh, again, I want to want to remind you too, if you if it's something that you are interested in, in as far as the uh, the cruise is concerned, make sure that you go and check that out. Uh, that I was talking about earlier, Prince for the love of That's Prince, the number four, the love of They've got a really cool cruise. That's coming up in January with a bunch of Prince fans going to be hanging out. Um, and they've got some special guests that are going to be on there as well. And it's a really good cause 501 C three project nonprofit. Um, and it is a Prince project. It's going to be a lot of fun and, uh, definitely check that out. It's very, very neat. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about it in the future. Uh, Just wanted, I just happened to to notice it and see it, and thought that'd be something to talk about. But for right now, let's get into the music while we're getting things together here and just have some fun with this beginning hour. There's nothing better to do than to listen to Prince music together. If you got something that you want to hear, you know how to do it. You can call or you can send an email to shout at funkatopia.com. That's S H O U T at funkatopia.com, F U N K A topi or you can use the app if you're listening to the app you can click on the menu and click on song requests and send them that way I'll get them that way too Yeah, it's Mr. Quest for the Funkatopia radio show Funkatopia Live Friday night that we just got done playing a couple of tracks that uh, you have sent in others here with us extra lovable some of these deeper unreleased tracks that are some of your favorites, uh, something that Michael Dean and myself will be doing a little bit uh, later. Uh, Michael's going to be joining us in the 9 o'clock hour. And uh, haven't heard anything from Philip. Hopefully he's okay. But uh, we're going to you know stay online and do our thing, and then hopefully he'll be able to join us when he uh there's always you know the problem is with me being on the east coast being in atlanta and a lot of uh these performers are in atlanta i mean um, are in california or in minneapolis and there's like a time changes and some people think oh he meant eight thirty. <laughs> he meant eight thirty california time i hope not because we'll be we'll be shut down by then um but uh anyways we'll see we're gonna just stay on the line and just keep on doing what we're doing, but I do have somebody on the line that would like to uh, introduce herself. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and do so? Hey,
1: Christopher, this is Gail Ward Holden. I am the founder and executive director for The Love of God, the Prince Inspired Charity. And uh, just to give you a little bit more information about what we do and our mission is, which I know you touched base on that, and we really appreciate you doing that for us on behalf of Prince and all the fans and everybody who has, you know, followed us for the last couple of years. We are the first uh, established 501c3 nonprofit for Prince since he passed away. We've been up and running for a little over two years now and we got our status, you know, pretty early on. And so what we've done in that couple of years is really try to lay, lay our foundation very strongly. And so that we can gain trust with people and let them know that our mission is true and we're very devoted to what we're trying to achieve on behalf of Prince and spread his message to love God because that was such a big part of his life, you know, all of those years. And um, so we do that every day. We spread the message to love God. And But what we do with any other things that we do is if we raise any funds, which we don't focus directly on money at all, um, but when we do do small things, and game funds. We bought musical instruments for the underprivileged children. Uh, we had been funding some places in Chattanooga, and they had asked us to fund all 18 of their centers, and we had a really great music program at the Hickson Community Center here in Chattanooga, and it was doing really, really well. And then they moved one of our teachers and took her away, so we're having to backtrack on that, but they do still have the instruments, and we've got some Pretty select children that we can work individually with, which is great. And uh, so we're working on getting some grants and things in the process as far to get them. Uh music program where they don't have a break in the summer months and then have to go back to school and all that so that part is kind of handling its own thing it kind of just keeps going you know so it started and it just grew 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 and so we're very proud of that like I said it can go much much bigger one of the other projects that we're working on is we're hoping to build our own park we're looking at a couple of different locations so that we don't have to worry about renting facilities Um, we can actually just go out and have our own place that we can host movies in the park and music in the parks and dancing in the park and you know that way we can bring all the kids over who want to come and it'll be free of charge and then we can take those children who are really really involved and in wanting and eager to learn you know the musical craft then we're going to take those kids and give them you know lessons one-on-one with you know instructors and stuff. And so we've got several different things going on. But the cruise, going back to it, uh, we're really, really excited about that. We looked at several different things and, you know, there again we have to rent these places and we have to pay people to come in and do our lighting, our sound systems and all that. So we said, okay, well let's just go ahead and meet with the cruise line. We did that last year. And so we started focusing on this um, cruise in January. And the way we said, it, if Anybody's ever cruised, you know, kind of know what's involved with that. You got all the food, you got all the entertainment. If you get tired, you trot back to your room, nap for a couple hours, and you come back out and start it all again. (laughs) So it's all under one roof, you know. And so what we're going to do is, you know, obviously we're still working on some of our special guest people, uh, but we will have you know contests and trivia, and we'll have dance lessons and all those kind of things. And there's plenty of Prince music on the ship, but we're going to add quite a bit more and put some serious motion in the ocean. Like um, less. And, yeah. And for the people who can't go on the cruise, so I know that we've had several teachers say, oh, man, I just can't make it because it's the first day of school starting back. So what they can do is they can come to New Orleans for a long weekend you know and hopefully if everything pans out on Friday the 4th we will actually have a meet and greet and some things down there that evening of before we actually get on the ship on Saturday but this is just going to be a blast I mean you know it's going to be cold everywhere you can go to the tropical paradise in Cozumel and Yucatan and the average temperature there is about 85 degrees you know it's really we feel like it's going to be a very successful thing because it's a win-win situation all the way around you know you're getting the Prince Act activities, you're getting a vacation, you're getting some fun in the sun, and it's all for a good cause. You know, we're going to be spreading the message and, um, you know, to love God first and foremost, but also we're going to be having an awful lot of fun, you know, honoring Prince the way we do the best, you know, and uh, playing his music and having a lot of fun and interacting with everybody and having some serious love for one another. Well, so
0: are you gonna come Chris? Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. we gotta you know obviously there's all kinds of <laughs> scheduling issues and you guys gotta making sure that it's gonna it's gonna work out, but it sounds like a blast. I mean, if there's anything that we all have in common as far as prince fans is that we will come a long, long distance. To participate in, in different things like this, I mean, celebration is a is a prime example, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm be wa- be watching it very very closely, and I think and if the people want to find more information on it, um, I've already mentioned before, it's uh, Prince the number four, the love of God.org. So Prince four theloveofgodorg and uh, there's information on the the cruise there and everything about you, and they can actually donate to the, um, they can also likewise donate to the to the charity at this from this point here as well
1: Yes, they can. There's, there's some tabs on there where they can donate directly. And of course, that funding, like I said, we, we never disperse any funds unless we all meet and say, okay, where do we want these funds to go? What the our, our basis with the charity was to let it be fan-based and let the fans have some input and say, hey, what can we do with this money? You know, and, and we don't raise a whole lot. Like I said, we will in the future. And we, like I said, we have people who have nominated different areas. We do have a plan that we are working on and hopefully when the cruise comes about, we will have all of that ready to hand out to people so that they can take all of this for the love of God to their community and raise funds for their particular um, local community center in their area and it's a pretty simple process like I said we can give them direction on how to do it but you've got to be willing to put forth a little bit of effort you know, and get your community involved in it but it's really just not a hard process and we'll have some pamphlets and things on that when that happens and also I wanted to mention the www prints for the love of God .org is the website but the facebook page is just strictly for the love of god Okay? okay, so if they want to just see kind of what's on there, and we don't we don't put a whole lot on there because most of the the information is on the website, and that's where we want to keep everybody's attentions to. They can donate there, they can uh, contact us directly through that, through the emails, and all of the links on there. And we are still building some pages for that about the mine project and all those things. But we are very cautious about what we announce until we know the eyes are darted and the t's are crossed because we don't want to mislead or misinform and have to backtrack and all that stuff so you know we try to be really really cautious until we know everything has is, is got a very solid foundation for it to sit on before we announce it just like the cruise I mean we, we did not announce the cruise until we knew that the contract had been signed and you know we were ready to roll with this and we've got people I tell you We've had people from Las Vegas, book. We've had them from New York, New Jersey, um, Denver. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, Tennessee, obviously, and Georgia. So we've getting people from all over. Minnesota. We've got some people from Minnesota that's booked, so they're going to be coming out the woodwork. You know, it's going to be cold. <laughs> oh,
0: man, that
2: sounds <laughs> be awesome. Where we're
0: <laughs> well, that definitely sounds awesome. Well, let me uh, let me uh, let people know again where they can find this information, and uh, also I know they're hankering for some more music, so we'll get them the information they need here and get right into it. But uh, again, if you want more information on the cruise and the charity, you can go to Prince the Number Four the Love of God dot org. So Prince for the Love of God dot org, or you can also find them on Facebook at Facebook dot com slash the Number Four the Love of God. And uh, that's without the Prince in front of it. And uh, thanks, Gail, for joining and give us more information. Uh, I appreciate it. I saw it and it definitely piqued my interest. And I, I definitely think that if there's two things that you can combine, it's cruising and Prince. It's a pretty good mixture. <laughs> pretty good mixture there.
2: Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, we appreciate you
0: and your time and your efforts and helping us, too. All right. Thank you so much, dear. We'll talk later. Okay, dear. All right, keep us keep Bye-bye. us on the loop. Let us know what's going on. Okay, I sure will. Thank you. And we will get right back to the music here. We're gonna go. You know, I, I we got some more requests for people coming in uh, wanting uh, some more songs that we have here for um, that they want. We're gonna be talking about when Michael Dean joins us here in this hour. We're gonna be talking about our top five. Uh, lost cuts, unreleased cuts, deep cuts, however you want to refer to them, um, are top five because regardless of where you stand on, on these unreleased songs, you've heard them or you've gone out of your way to hear them and, um, you know. You know what they are, so it's kind of silly to avoid the obvious questions because we all have heard some of these tracks, and we love them very, very dearly, and this one, I would have to agree, is one of my favorites. It did not make it on my list, but it's definitely one of my favorites. It's All My Dreams right here on Funked Up, and uh, hopefully very, very soon, we'll be joined by Mr. Michael Dean from PodcastJuice.net, and right now... Here we go, All My Dreams, and let's see, we also had another request for uh, from Amita for Tony's Ignit Mix. <laughs> we got that too. So let's play those two, All My Dreams and Tony's Ignit Mix, right here on Funked Up. Mr. Christopher, the Funkatopia radio show, that was Tony's Ignit Mix, a little bit of a deep cut action. What we're talking about here tonight, and uh, tonight we do actually still have two guests, and they will be calling in. I've gotten reports from both of them, so we kind of just—it's just a little bit of a scheduling snafu—but they're coming. They're coming. Michael Dean should be on the line with us any minute, and uh, also got heard from Philip Lasseter. He'll be joining us at the ten o'clock hour, so about uh, forty-five minutes from now. He is actually having his album release party tonight. Tonight, I don't know where, I have to find out where, uh, even if I were able to tell you, you probably wouldn't be able to get there in time. But he's having an album release party tonight, so that ought to be a lot of fun. I think maybe that's happening in uh, Minneapolis. I don't know. We're gonna have to make sure that we ask him. But he's doing sound check right now. We're trying to get all that stuff out of the way. But he is going to be with us, so don't do not worry. And then of course Michael Dean from PodcastJuice.net is going to be joining us here any minute, and he's going to be calling in, and uh, we're going to be talking about all things Prince and walking you on board, kind of help you guys. Uh, discover PodcastJuice.net. If you've never heard it, it's an awesome, awesome podcast that's got lots of really, really deep information and really in-depth interviews with some pretty uh, amazing guests. I mean, he's spoken with everybody from Eric Leeds to I mean, just uh, Susan Rogers, and the list goes on and on. They always seem to have he always seem to have the most amazing guests, and he talks to them forever. And he's going to be joining us uh, very, very shortly. And in the meantime, one of the things that we are going to be doing is that uh, him and i are going to be talking about our top five favorite lost cuts from prince and uh the lost cuts unreleased however you wanna however you want to phrase it and um and he's gonna be sharing his and um, I'm letting you guys share yours. If you want to call in, you can share them, 831-777-FUNK. That's 831-777-3865. Or if you don't like talking, you don't like being heard, you can also do it via email to shout at funkatopia.com, F-U-N-K-A-T-O-P-I-A.com. You can also check it out there. And um, so, yeah, that's some really cool ones that we play that was Amita wanted to hear, uh, Tony's ignorant. And Ignant Mix, that's almost kind of hard to say. And then, of course, before that was uh, All My Dreams for Myesha. So, yeah, and I, you know, I didn't forget about All My Dreams, but for some reason, I, I, here, here, here's why I didn't really think of that as an unreleased track. Uh, not that we're focusing on unreleased tracks, we're focusing on deep cuts, because some songs like It on uh, Sound of the Times would be considered a deep cut because it's not really something that's been out there or um, has been really technically released as a single. I, I guess it kind of has, but I mean, you, you know, I mean, it's just one of those cuts that you're not hearing on Top 40 Radio and uh, it's one of your favorites. Like Duane Blackshire, his favorite song is My Computer, which is like a, one of those tracks that's just Buried on uh, on an album, and it's just one of those amazing amazing tracks. Um, you know, one of those would be um, for me would be "I Love You, But I Don't Trust You Anymore." Uh, the live version of that one, as opposed to the one that's uh, pre-recorded, the live version that he does on the piano. Um, the Prince Piano on a Microphone Tour is just breathtaking. And I know that's not obviously uh, for public consumption. Um, However, if you do have an opportunity to hear that or find it, it is magical. It is amazing, especially the one in Atlanta, because uh, it was just breathtaking. So in honor of kind of, you know, making sure that we make the most of our time because we only do this until 11 o'clock and it's already 9.18 here on the Eastern Coast so we've got an hour and 40 minutes to work in uh, two special guests, Michael Dean and also uh, Philip Lassiter from MPG. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start uh, telling you about my top five and we'll kind of get yours in because I think I've kind of gone through everybody's and there's going to be some honorable mentions in here too. Um, As I told you before, one of the things that I love is I love these little quirky songs that uh, are just kind of just off the beaten path. Um, Like uh, Dance with the Devil was um, one that I had uh, mentioned. And it's just, it's one of those weird, weird, weird songs that create this really spooky ambiance. And it's just, I've always been a fan of those. It's always just kind of spoken to like, uh, just the darker edge of me, and it's just so so cool. Um, another song that kind of fits into that realm that I'm I'm not gonna play um, because it kind of creeps me out now is a song that he um, released, and I think if I remember correctly, I think this was one of the tracks that came out around the same uh, the same era as. It um, uh, doesn't matter, but it's a song called My Little Pill, and it was um, pushed out about the time that they were digging around the vault back when Warner Brothers was trying to make money off of Prince and they were kinda of digging all these little tracks out from from his uh stuff that I guess was on the cutting room floor for whatever reasons. My little pill just does not set well with me just because of the message that is involved in that uh song and of course obviously the the happenstance it's just it's I, I can't every time I hear that song it just doesn't set well with me and um so I just don't I'm just not a big fan of that song. I like it because of the vibe that it creates, but at the same note, uh, just it doesn't. It just doesn't. It doesn't make me feel good inside. It doesn't create a lot of positivity. So therefore, I don't kind of really play it. But you know, neither does uh, the other two songs. The other songs that I have, uh, one of which uh, I'm going to play the shorter of. Um, this one is. Uh, I don't really know. Well, let's let's start with let's start with this other track first. Uh, The first track that I have for you is a song that you guys all know. Um, It was on Around the World in a Day. And it was just one of these songs that was just kind of just buried. And I don't know that I've ever heard him ever do it live. And I don't know that he would do it. He would have done it live. Um, it's just one of these really, really weird songs. It's kind of just tucked away, and I've always loved it. It's always been one of my favorites. Um, just kind of like I Wonder You on Parade. It's like one of those songs that's like so cool, but so quick, and it goes away so fast. And uh, this is another one of those songs for me. So we're going to go start working through my top five Prince Deep Cuts slash Unrelease slash lost cuts, however you want to do them. And then when Michael Dean joins us, he's going to share his five. And then Philip Lasseter will be with us a little bit later on. But here it is. Uh, Number five on my list is Tambourine, right here on Funked Up. And that was Tambourine, which was on the Around the World in a Day album. It's just one of those songs that's really, really cool. Never got to hear him play it live. And according to Prince Vault, he never really did play it live. He played it uh, it was recorded back in 1984, and the only time that he, the first time that he ever played it live, was in 2002 at uh, the Carling Apollo, Hammersmith, in London, England, during uh, a New Power Gen- uh (NPG) music club member pre-show soundcheck. Uh, which is amazing. And then they played the instrumental version of it 10 years later in uh, Melbourne, Australia, just an instrumental version of it. So it's only been played twice uh, in his, in his. Yeah, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, the next track I'm going to play for you, and uh, I think we actually, uh, uh, hold on a second. I recognize this number. Hold on a second. Let me see who this is. Give me just a second here. Welcome to Funked Up. Who's on the line? Kim Barry. Kim Barry, what are you doing, girl? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Trying to beat this heat in California. It's a hundred degrees in the state.
0: You are lying. Is it really
2: that hot out there? Yes, yeah, bananas. Uh, one and punning in L.A. and that's that's unheard of. So yeah, bananas out here. Oh my gosh! So
0: what you up to? What what? So, to what do we owe this pleasure?
2: I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Um, You know, you guys said that you would give us a little shout out when we got some new stuff going on. And we got some real big uh, news coming on the 9th of uh, July for the book uh, launch, and um, where people can actually help, you know, help me get this book published in a real way. You know, so I was, uh, you know, I've worked for one of the biggest independent artists in the world, so I had to go independent and go rogue with my book as well. So. We're going to show the world how we do it and let the Prince fans be a a true part of it.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing. For those of you who do not know who we're speaking with, this is Kim Barry. She was Princess' hairstylist for the better part of 30 years, and uh, she is actually uh, writing, a, she's actually got a, a brand new book that's going to be coming out, and it's got like lots of print stories and everything else, and you, know, you can actually go back and actually hear some of the uh, interview that we did with uh, Kim. Uh, I guess it's been a couple months now, but so, so now now what's happening July 9th, or are, are we, what what exactly is happening on July 9th and where?
2: Well, it's going to be, it's going to be, we're going to do all types of interviews. We're coming back around, so I hope to do another interview with you um, starting next week. My team is going to be in contact with you, and we want to bring it to you, you know, firsthand on that day, or that week of, rather, because we want to talk to all the Prince groups and let everybody know what we're doing, but it's going to be a big launch, and I'm going to need all the Purple Family and Purple Army and Purple Nation. I need everybody to help to get this, this book, uh, you know.
0: No, to the masses. That's, you know, we've got your back, Kim. You just let us know whatever you need. You got it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what
2: I'm bringing it to the masses. You know, come next week, I just want everybody to be aware that, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, speaking with all the Prince groups. Um, if you can, get in contact with um, Violet Brown or either Tamara Parnell or Tia uh, Weber, either one. And, and we want to let everybody know, you know, to get the interviews lined up so we can let everybody know, you know, what's going on in a real way. And it's, it's going to be awesome. And, um, you know, they, they, think that they try to silence me so to speak but we we're, we're, we're going to let the let the purple nation speak for us and 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 show them that we'll become the master.
0: oh lord sounds like oh hell's about to break loose here <laughs>
2: yeah uh, yeah oh they, my they, god hold on to your wigs it's, it's coming <laughs> it's, uh, it's coming
0: hold on to your weaves too oh my god it sounds like a yeah be... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess it's the sixth now, so the ninth is seventh. that's Monday. So I guess we can wow. so I guess we can arrange to try to talk to you somewhere on Monday or Tuesday and get involved in whatever this big announcement's gonna be on the 9th. I'm looking forward to it. and uh, man, I'm psyched. I'm ready.
2: Yeah, it's exciting, and I'm glad to just be a part of the, you know, a part of the the Purple family, and just, just like I said, just keep on loving on the fans and allowing them to heal, you know, through us and with us, you know, because nobody really got any proper closure, so it's going to be exciting to um, bring the information to the masses, because who else will be able to tell the truth like I would, you know what I'm saying? Other than Morris Hayes, myself, and Kirk Johnson, uh, no one has been around Prince as long as I have. I was the of the confidence in his life and uh, we're going to bring that
0: story to fruition Uh, that sounds fantastic all right well we'll talk to you on monday you heard it here first and we'll make sure that all of you guys have the information that you need and we'll make sure that we maybe go live on facebook or whatever else and um and whatever we need to do to kind of make sure we get this word out as efficiently and widely as possible you let us know what you need kim
2: Absolutely.
0: Thank you so much for having me. All right, dear. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
3: All
0: right. So you heard it here. Kim Barry is going to have a special announcement that is going to be uh, coming up on Monday. And um, it's going to be pretty awesome. So uh, let's go ahead and play a... uh, What's this? Hold on a second. Let's see what this line is here. Just a second. Hello. hello. Hey, who's this? (laughs) <laughs> is this mr michael dean yes it is what you doing
4: brother man i'm trying to connect with you
0: i see i see here you are here you are well here he is ladies and gentlemen mr michael dean from PodcastJuice.net. juice.net he finally got settled in settled down oh we're on the air right now oh i know right <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> you're on. I you're I was on line the right now. Oh no! no see the, the line beeped, and then you can, it kind of announced to everybody that you beeped in, so there was like no way around it. So, Man, my it. check didn't my check didn't clear. Yeah, goddamn
4: it. I'm just. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you get to hear uh, Kim Barry on the line?
4: No, I yeah. was traveling, so I just got oh,
0: man, it's not. Kim Berry just called. She's got a huge special announcement that she's going to be making on the 9th regarding her book and some big news that's going to be happening oh, okay. on Monday. So. Guess we got to be ready for that, and uh, nice. and I was kind of going through. Um, you know, it was burning time, and was going through my uh, top five um, list because obviously with with all the you know the time, I was trying to make out as much as I possibly could uh, with the time that we had. And uh, I started out with number five, which was not really a deep cut, but it was one of these cuts that's um, off of Around the World in a Day was Tambourine. it was just one of these songs and I don't know and and it doesn't really qualify for lost cuts unreleased or whatever but it was one of those tracks that was just kind of buried away in an album and never really got much love he never really played it live except for one time at a pre-show a pre-show thing for NPG Music Club and then an instrumental version that he did in 2012 and so it was just one of these weird weird little things and, uh, but anyways, so, uh, yeah, that was kind of weird. Got a little bit of a robot action going on. Was that your phone or my phone? It has to be your phone. No, I didn't hear it. I oh, you didn't hear it? Well, it's all right. It doesn't really matter. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so we live out here to the people that yeah. like, I to jump on the Facebook so I can, so I can see what's going on.
0: Oh yeah. No. Yeah. We're, we're, we're live audio only. We're not Facebook live. Pro- uh, and okay, we probably okay. should Facebook live. Maybe you should. Let Facebook me catch live.
4: up. Let, Let me, me catch up to you. So we're on the app
0: going live and everything, right? Oh, yeah. You're on the radio station. No, no, you're on man. the app. We're going all over Radionomy. We're all over uh, people on the website, the Funkotopia website. There's people li- listening all over the world right now to us making nonsensical chatter. I are like a star now, Chris. <laughs> all right all right. No, you're You were a star before you got here. So, I, you know, I was talking, one of the things I wanted to, I, I brought up when I was, uh trying to to burn some time in that first hour one of the things that i i still can't wrap my head around is what we were talking about um about the about artificial age and about prince's album artificial age
3: mm-hmm.
0: and that it only sold 66,000 copies because it, that that statement alone <laughs> <laughs> that statement alone set me down a a spiral <laughs> That. Wow, and, and, I, and I'll tell you why it sent me down a spiral. It sent me down a spiral because of the fact that I became, I, I, it was a moment of clarity <laughs> that all of us Prince fans really truly live in a bubble. We, okay. we we are we are in a bubble, and and we surround ourselves with like minded individuals and people who love Princess as much as we do, and that listen. And we go to all the shows where we know that us like minded individuals are going to be gathered, and we enjoy each other's company. And we go to these places like the celebration and some of these little cool things that are happening, like these cruises and things. But the reality of it is is that let me let let me tell you a, a normal day for me and let me know if it at all aligns with what you experience it when okay. i tell people that i'm a prince fan i never get a, a people that i haven't met not at a at a gathering that's of of prince fans just in a normal environment work wherever I normally get a glazed-over look <laughs> like, um, oh, really? You did? You like Prince? That's uh, that. That's cool. And then I say, oh, I've, you know, I've seen him 27 times in concert. And they're like, you, what? Oh, my God. That's just ridiculous. Most people just can't wrap their head around the fact that, you know, somebody out there likes a band as much as I, – I, I really feel like – and then when I heard those numbers about artificial age, I began to think to myself – maybe we really do live in a bubble. I mean, I think everybody does to a certain degree. I mean, that's why clicks exist. But I really think that I want to believe that my bubble is much bigger than it actually (laughs) is. And I'm just wondering if by any stretch of the imagination that you feel the same way or have thought about it at all as to how much of an impact we, we have as well, not just as podcasters and bloggers and, you know, whatever you want to call me, <laughs> whatever that is. I mean, I, I'm just trying to trying to figure out just how big our bubble is, or is it just a scenario where it's just spread out really, really thin around the world? I, I just, it's, hmm. I'm just trying to, process that's where i'm at right
4: now yeah well i'll say this i think there's levels to it you know uh regarding those sales numbers on that particular album to me it's not shocking one a lot of people are not selling a lot of records two i don't think prince is always you know obviously it's not been about selling a lot of records i mean yes you go to purple rain and those eras they sold a lot, but, you know, by the time you get to, you know, uh, even diamonds and pearls, uh, and going forward, he's not the hottest thing in mainstream. So it doesn't shock me per se that those numbers are low. I would, they shocked me in terms of like, I would imagine more of the fans would go out and buy the records. As opposed to a lot of lip service that a lot of fans do but i remember too when that album came out it was sort of divided a little bit because of the direction that it was going musically some people thought it was trying to be more modern and this and that and you know obviously uh in terms of promotion it's a different game nowadays where you know Prince could be very mysterious and you don't have to say much, but I think in today's world, at least, you know, when he was alive here a few years ago, I think being out there, you know, having more of a story to go with the music is a part of the sort of press run. And of course that's not necessarily something Prince is, was going to do. You know, he would perform or something, but you know, it would just be interviews in the paper or, or in the magazines, but it wasn't like he was going to get on a lot of these shows and really do in-depth sort of a story type of thing to sell it you know he just wanted to sell the music so you know I I would say I'm not shocked by those numbers but in terms of what you said about in terms of our bubble and the reach I actually think the reach of Prince is very large uh on a on a general level I think a lot of people know who he is I think a lot of people mainstream they respect what he did you know what he means and what he does and i think each person on their own level knows prince however they know it you know for us we want to know him as oh, you know he's got all these unreleased songs and there's more to prince than purple rain not and, and the third but for a lot of people I hate it or love it they know purple rain, right that's what they know and they love that and it is as they should because it's a great piece of work uh, and that's okay, but I think everyone knows something about Prince. Uh, it's just that there's levels to it. But it's interesting as we go forward now, where he just becomes sort of this, um, you know, he's sort of elevated in that same way that when I was younger, I would look at the Beatles or Kendricks or something that I wasn't into them when they were a lot, well, when they were at the mainstream popularity, but I understood their impact i respected what they meant and so i could go back and listen to their stuff later and catch up and be like oh okay it's more than just this song you know he's he's all of this i I would look at it the same way i look at Sly stone or something i didn't understand Sly stone when i was a kid i had heard some of his songs but i just i just knew like the most popular stuff because i would hear it in pop culture but as i realized no he's got albums Okay, I see what this meant. You know, I I think Prince kind of be the same way. Some people may just say, well, I know I heard Doves cry. My mom used to play, you know, this song all the time, Diamonds and Pearls, but I never really paid attention to it myself. But I think as they, something may happen where they'd be like, oh, you know what? I just started listening to this. This guy's freaking freaking brilliant. Like, he's got all this work. I'm going to go back and listen to all of it. So I just think that there's levels to it. Yes, we're on the more extreme Side, we've been around for a lot longer, but I wouldn't get you know too worried about you know. Oh, nothing's changing. I'm not worried. He is. Nothing's I, changing. I, I,
0: I, <laughs> I'm not going to change for anybody. I just kind of feel like, well, you're just going to just accept that as one of my quirks because it's just who I am. You know, it's just. I I think what I like about it more than anything, um me being in my own little universe, is that whenever somebody sees something. Prince related, they immediately think of me. And I just, um, I, I like yeah. that because, you know, you've got, that means you have a lot of eyeballs out there that are, you know, even if somebody gets me a, a, a birthday present or a Christmas present or a Father's Day present or something and it's Prince related, it doesn't even matter if I even have a copy. It's still the fact that, you know, I I, I just... I'm, I'm a very easy person to buy for. <laughs> so, gotcha, yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I like it. I like the fact that um, I like my clicks, um, but it, it does, it seems kind of strange to me that I can't find anybody outside of Funkatopia or outside of a celebration or somebody that is like-minded like I am, that's like really hardcore Prince, you know, but I, you know, there's lots of people that talk to me on Facebook that I just don't connect with socially. It's not because I don't, want to i just don't want to
4: well yeah i I, I know what you mean it's you know i think it's just an interesting thing because we've had the opportunity to go see prince you know see him in concert when some people a lot of people have not had that opportunity so it, it may take a little longer for them to to see something that pulls them into such a deep level, but I think a lot of people, again, I I know a lot of younger guys that I come across, particularly where I work, you know, they were far, you know, born after all of the Prince things, but, you know, they swear by emancipation. I never bought a Prince album in their life, you know, barely had heard of him, but I had brought that album to work and, you know, they play that all the time. Uh, You know, New Power Soul, they, they swear by that. Uh, but it's just good music to them. They're like, wow, this guy is actually really dope, you know? And they're, and they're bugged out that there's so much music on there. Like, man, there's three albums, but it's all good, you know? Uh, and they, so I think, you know, Prince now is just, it's just going to grow. It's only going to grow. You know, I, I said, I think I said this on another show. His music is going to move organically because it's actually good music. So even if it ain't happening the way we want it to happen, you can't stop. Yeah. greatness like that you know what i'm saying like it's gonna seep into people's consciousness and stuff
0: and it's even with me i'm i'm starting to love a lot of the stuff that the earlier stuff like i never gave like just as long as we're together i never gave that song a second glance i just <laughs> i heard it uh yeah it was kind of cool when it but now whenever that song comes on i'm I'm bouncing. I just, it's just even these old, old songs, even this ones that go back really early in his career are really just, you know, just Not amazing. Dope amazing. as hell. Oh, man. Yeah. It's just great. It's just, oh my gosh. I, I totally miss it. I wish that I had gotten it when it happened. I mean, I did. I mean, I was, I mean, the first concert I saw of his was 1999 and I didn't really miss, only missed a few tours from there, but um, unless it didn't come through my area, But I just, um, you know, I I always felt like he was at least five years or more ahead of where my head was at. And and maybe that was an age thing. Um, But I think that he did that to himself a lot. Because um, one of the things that was, um, the number four track that was on my list um, was In a Large Room with No Light. And I think... One of the the cool things, well, first off, the the song used to be called Life is Like Looking for a Penny in a Large Room with No Light. Um, I wasn't aware of that. But that song was written all the way back in 1984. And Mm -hmm. I was not aware of that. Um, It kind of came, it was released um, on the Montreux Jazz uh, Festival's website back in, late 2000, late 2000, but 2008, nine, something like that. And what we're ask you is
4: which version is that you heard first? Was it the remake version or the original?
0: Um, I think I'm not sure because the version that I heard, it just sounds like it's a different, um, it just sounds like it's a different configuration of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm confident that I heard it at least, 10, 20 years ago as a lost cut, as part of like, I don't know, it was one of the, one of those lost cut collections, like the work or whatever it was. Um, And I just found it. And, uh, but then when I started hearing the more polished versions, it just really, it just really built out. Matter of fact, I have it in the list. Just play it, but I don't know which version this is. I don't know if it's a nineteen eighty something version, which it may very well be, um, or it's uh, or it's the Montreux version. Um, I think the Montreux yeah. version is much more is much longer. Um, I think.
4: I'm on my snobbery. Uh, to me, there is only one version, and the dancer ain't the one. That was on Montreal, but I respect it. Right. Way. Well, and I think
0: I think this the version <laughs> that I have is the one that you like. I think it's a it's the three, three and a half minute version of it. And then I think the Montreux version was much longer, like five or six minutes. And it's very, um it's I don't know, it's very, very it's very different. I don't know, I don't know.
4: Um I, I put that song in like uh so I'm a, I'm a big Star Wars fan too, like to me, the the song, the version that he released, to me, is the equivalent of George Lucas putting out the special editions. <laughs> it's like, I, I respect you, George, but I, I'm going to need that original hand shot first. Because uh, you're trying to change the story.
0: <laughs> well, I think a lot of people like that with Extra Lovable, too. When Same Extra, way with that. Oh, yeah. yeah Extra I mean, Lovable, the original version was just so, so much better. Um, but it was also weirder. Um, he was also saying things in it that he would have never said nowadays.
4: Oh yeah, he uh, was a young man back then. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, you you can't get away with telling somebody you're gonna rape them <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and 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 have it hit the airwaves. It's just not gonna happen. It's gonna be edited out. Uh, and I just think he did a lot of self-editing, which is fine. I don't have any problems with that. I love the the. I actually, what song did he redo for you? What song did he redo that you felt like I like this remake? That this is actually a good a good remake.
4: Or can you even Ooh, think of one? That would be a hard question. It would probably not be any that we would. Uh, it would probably be a song that was released on one of these albums that we find out was actually made way before. So that's a little hard. I'd have to think about that. Um,
0: Like I didn't like the rehash of let's go crazy that he did with third eye girl. I didn't know. uh, um, However, I I did like, I did like the funked up version of um, something in the water um, that he did with third eye girl.
4: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I, I actually like that. Um, so I actually thought it was a pretty cool different version. It was more upbeat. It was, um, um, I just, it was, just it was just cooler. And, and I think even as pop life, the song itself actually progressed quite a bit. I always just kind of liked that song. And I don't think until probably the late, 1990s or early 2000s, when some of the things, some of the ways that he was playing it, um, where it was just bouncier and louder and hornier, and just it was just <laughs> that it really didn't impact me until I started hearing later versions of that song. Um, okay, so but that's live versions, those aren't recorded versions, so it's
4: yeah, strange, I would, so. I would throw in something like, um, uh, like Can Funk. Uh, like I, okay. I, when Graffiti Bridge came out, now, I was all over that song. It's dope. But now hearing Purple Rain Deluxe, and they released the original version, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't not like that one that came out originally. But this version, it's a rap that is dope to me. Uh, same way I would look yep. at uh, Data Bank or something like that. Like what the Time did that song Data Bank, and then you go here you know prince and like the, the revolution band where that was is playing at that you know wasn't released that version right it, it merges, you know it's like oh, what, what's going on here so for me it would be things like that you know uh, i would still low-key like the versions that came out but when you go back in here oh this is they kind of maybe change some of the instrumentation a little bit or change the mix; those are some of the ones that kind of pop in my mind. You know, like when I listen to uh, listen to the high fashion, right? Like yeah. the original version he did, where it's got the bass and everything, and then the release version, which is fire. But he was like, oh "Man, it's missing the, it's missing, <laughs> yeah. a, it's missing yeah. that baseline. Why you pull out the funk?" You know. So it's it for me. It's little things like that that would I kind of sometimes I'd be like, you know. But I say I like I like being able to hear those original takes on those songs because some to me a lot of time those original takes are to me just golden because they're just raw and it just sounds like it, before they started mixing it up or editing parts out you know i would say the same thing about computer blue it isn't necessarily if they redid the song but hearing what they released on proper deluxe it's like whoa that song in its full right? glory is ridiculous. Oh, and, there, and there's
0: even there's even versions that are longer than that. There's even versions yeah. that are even like four minutes longer than that one. Right, and, right. Uh, I just can't imagine them. Rec- I mean, practicing that song over and over and over again. And the songs that seem like the simplest were the ones that were his biggest, uh, were most problematic for him in the studio. For instance, uh, now that we're talking about Purple Rain. Um, was Baby, I'm a Star. If you look at um, Dwayne Tudal's book, when he's talking about the Purple Rain era sessions, literally Baby, I'm a Star, he literally worked night and day on that song for what seemed mm-hmm. like the better part of a month, just tweaking and retweaking and deleting and redoing and rehashing. And most of the other songs weren't like that. I mean, Darling Nicky, he recorded by himself in his basement, right. which, which is why it sounds so weird compared to the rest of the album. It's got that really kind of hallway sounded uh, sounding thing to it. It's because he recorded it in his basement. But the songs that sound the most... I would be interested to hear what "Baby I'm a Star" sounded like originally, before he tweaked the hell out of it for the better part of a month.
4: There, um, there is a version out there, you know. It's, so it's not the live version. It's probably this the original, original studio version, and then before they go and do it live at that show. But there is a, a, a version out there. Uh, that's not the. It's not a live version. It's a. It's just him. It sounds like studio take of it. Which I would imagine may have been what they used to say. Okay, here's the song. Let's practice it. And now we're gonna go out and do it at this show, and then take that recording and go back in the studio and keep tweaking it over. You know, adding, subtracting uh, stuff away from it. All
0: right. So,
4: do you did you get together a top five? Uh, I have a five I, now. This listen, listen, this will be my top five as of right now.
3: <laughs> uh, and, 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 and that's sure enough
4: so let me so let me do this
0: let me let me finish my top five i'm not going to play these tracks sure. i'm not going to play these tracks we will after the show is over so for those of you who are um who are tuning in who are like oh man i wanted them to kind of talk about the song and then play them we don't have that time right now but here's what i will do um, what i will do for all of you fine folks is that after we're done um if i have the tracks that either I'm referring to or he's referring to, we will play those um, after the show is over. The show ends at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So a little over an hour from now, we'll play the tracks that, that we're listing here. So <clears throat> I started out with Tambourine, and I've already played that. So <clears throat> we won't play that one. So here's my uh, number four, which I already uh, divulged, which was uh, In a Large Room with No Light. Um, I love that friggin' song. I don't, um, I love that freaking song. And since we're playing it after the show, I'm going to play the long version, which I believe maybe it is. I'm going to make sure that the version that I play is the early one that you and I both love. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with the Montreux Jazz Festival, which is very, very much more polished and it's pretty cool. Uh, the next one, number three, um, was dance with the devil. Uh, song that was supposed to end up on the Batman soundtrack, Prince pulled it because he thought it was way too dark. He just, it was just way too dark for him. He just, he felt like it really affected the flow of that. movie. And I would probably say that if it did, I can honestly see that. If that song did end up in Batman, Batman already, the original Batman movie already kind of wrote a really fine line between that comic book dark type of thing, but still had that edgy campy, Batman type feel. Um, so I think, I think Tim Burton did a fantastic job, but I think that adding that song may have, I I think it would have added to it, but it's still one of those really, really great songs. Um, the next song number two, uh, is a song that was divulged last year or two years ago by a gentleman by the name of Ian Boxall uh, he released a album called De- uh, EP album called Deliverance um, which I was glad enough to get uh, hold of before <laughs> all hell broke loose so I was I was glad that I was able to hear the tracks that were on there um, have you heard it?
4: yes uh, yeah, okay, I have of that course,
0: of course yeah um why wouldn't we <laughs> of course. Um, but I am um that song is just one of those songs that is just got that groove to it. it's just it, I, every time that song comes on I'm thinking, oh man, this is a great great tune and then I look over and it's it's that song so uh, I love I am now the the last one and it's not necessarily number 1 like this is my all-time favorite it's just the next the last one of five um all my dreams was was one of them that was fantastic and it was it was on my list somebody else had called uh i think it was eric uh eric bowling he he had said to play that one and i was just like oh yeah that was a great friggin' tune um the, i love that song so since it's already been Taken by Eric. Uh, I'm going to go with my uh, next contender, which was Come Electra Tuesday.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That was one of my picks.
0: (laughs) That was one of your picks, really? (laughs) Um, Yeah, Come Electra Tuesday is one of these songs that uh, you scratch your head and you go, I don't know how this song was never released. I just, I don't understand why. Even if it, even in Prince's, you know, laundry list of things of, you know, you know, like, for instance, did you know that In a Large Room with No Light was actually supposed to be on the Dream Factory album? That, so that, yeah, I think I've seen Yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. that, that song has been in kind of rotation for, for everything. But for, for, um, for a Come Electra Tuesday, um, I'm not exactly sure what the whole entire story, do you know any of the story behind Come Electra Tuesday? I'm going uh, to, I'm gonna look up. It was written in 1985. Uh, was recorded. All I
4: know is it's funky as hell. That's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was recorded at Sunset Sound in Hollywood, California. Uh, the same uh, two days after he recorded "Hello," uh, and he also recorded the song uh, "Heaven" and "Stella and Charles." Have you ever heard the song "Stella and Charles"? I don't think so. I've never heard this song. Uh, and, and also, he also wrote a song um, a couple days later called "Polka Dot Tiger." Have you heard that?
4: I haven't heard that either.
0: Yeah, so there's a couple that uh, are out here that... uh, Anyways. Um, Anyways, during the celebration that he had at Paisley Park in June of 2000, uh, they actually gave uh, people the the opportunity to be able to select some of the songs that were going to be on Crystal Ball Volume 2. Um, And he actually played all these... not all, Well, a good chunk of the tracks, and Come Elector Tuesday was one of the ones that people could vote on. And whoever those people were... That were in that <laughs> were in that building. You need to be slapped. <laughs> that's, yeah, for some reason they were like, "Nah, that's not the one." Not the uh, crystal, uh, not the uh, crystal ball. I, I volume I two say, ever saw the light of day, but still, they
4: probably never heard <laughs> the song either. That was the thing, right? Like no one ever heard it at that
0: time. Uh, it's so. just weird. It's so. Anyways, so those are my five, and uh, so we will play those. And, uh, and if you, I I can add more to the mix. I mean, I can, I can put, um, you know, maybe love left, love right, or, you know, some other weird song in there that I'll I'll put some other one in the mix since we kind of tied on come electric Tuesday, but go ahead and name, name your
4: All right. Uh, again, these are just songs I'm feeling today. Uh, I'm not going to put them in (laughs) the (laughs) order. But here here we go. So the first one is um, a song called Kiss Me Quick.
3: Oh, yes. It's
4: an unreleased song. It's that real sort of disco-y R&B vibe to it. To me, this is such a, uh, what's the word I want to say, infectious type of song. Right. Uh, To me this song should be released on some project they put out because i just think that it shows their early prints but you can see that like, he was such a great songwriter uh that he could just make this song because when i hear when people hear this they can't stop singing it like it's just so catchy uh i just think it's just great like it, i could have seen this being a big hit back then um i think he made this song for the lady's name escapes me right now but it was for some uh, young lady he was working with at that time and yeah I wrote this song for her but love this song I still play it to this day uh, as if it was something that just never came out but should have um, so anyway that's one uh, the second one is uh, kind of on my 90's most beautiful girl in the world the Mustang mix man The first time I actually heard that version was when they had the uh, Prince was doing those simulcast shows from uh, the Miami Glam Slam. It was like on his birthday. Uh Um, There was a, you know, there's a home video. Well, it was a bootleg video that came out of that show and he performs that on stage. And he has, you know, there's playing it with the backing tracks in terms of like the vocals or pre-recorded vocals of singing with him, but the vocal work that he's doing on the harmonies and the background and stuff is <laughs> filthy. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, and, and it's a great like testament to Prince really locking down that 90, 90s R&B and and making it his own uh, style. Uh, I, I implore anyone to go back and listen to that today and just hear what he's doing with the vocals and the backgrounds and stuff is, is this tight, man. And it really has that 90s sort of, uh, you know, at that time, you know, uh, G funk and all that kind of stuff was very big in terms of that style of music. And he was able to incorporate that into his style and keep it current. And I style he nailed that style, you know. And you folks are
0: going to be able to hear that after the thing. I do have that, so we will make sure we play it. Yep, yep.
4: All right. Uh, The next one is one of my favorites of all time is the ball. Uh, This is the original. When you hear I know, you know. Again, we talked about him remaking songs, throwing them over. I love I know. (laughs) That's dope. But the ball is that. That's that. You know, greasy. uh, skillet of uh, uh, a swamp, a fatback <laughs> with some grits on the side <laughs> and some oakery and greens because that right there is that that weird alien swamp that Prince really had locked in. Was that that uh, 86, 87? That song is filthy to me. The percussion he's doing, uh, I think it's uh, not Wally, but... Um, Brooks and them screaming in the background, yeah, oh, love that. I wish they had released that. Let that start the album because I just think that he was just he was really locked into that style. Uh, But the ball definitely check that out. I hear my man typing. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I, I got it. I, I, I have it. I have it.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I got it. I'm just putting yeah, it in that, the
4: mix. That's, that's 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 that. That's some grease right there for you. Yep. That Greasiness. Um. I see the next one is uh, I got to switch over to my boys at time. Uh, Cause this is, I, I call this one of those, it's not a forgotten song, but I always wish that this had been released as a single. It is, uh, I don't want to leave you, uh, the second time album,
0: yeah. <sighs> man. And what, yeah, it's, that's a great, you know, and it's funny because I would say the same thing with, um, uh, I got that one in the mix. The same thing with my drawers. Well, I don't understand yes. why there was only six songs on that album, and it seems like obviously you you know why. If the kid can't make you come, wasn't released, and why chili sauce wasn't released. I mean, because it was just a talker, but um, well, not not if the kid can't make you come, but it was that was just obviously too strange for radio back then. But the fact that my drawers went on. Un- noticed and we're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking about songs from uh from the time. Yeah. I, that's one of the the biggest travesties I would think. It's like Yeah that, that song is, is burning. Happening? Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. So you'll have to definitely make sure that uh my drawers is in the uh is in the mix for that for sure. Um, yeah but
4: uh I don't want to leave you is I remember the first time I went and bought that album and I finally got to that, I was just like, why have I never heard this? This, I was like, this, you can really hear the princeness of it too, you know, even though it's a time song, it it just sounds like, to me, it's not like a a cousin to like a private joy or something. (laughs) Like I was like, man, it's kind of that same type of style. And I just, I love that song. And it's always funny to me because at that end part of the song, you know, it really sort of speaks to uh, some of the things you see in Dwayne's book, where they're just really just editing these things on the fly or mixing these literally as they record them. And, and there's always that part at the end of this song that always bugs me to this day. Of like the beat just shifts into a whole different beat, and it's like it's not even a smooth transition. It's just as if somebody the tape and slap this other song at the end of it and it's like what the what the hell man like what's going on man i always wanted to be able to ask like yo prince like i know you may not remember what what was going on at the end of that song man it just sounds so like they just didn't give a fuck or something it's like ah okay just throw that on there that's just more them guys I'm- <laughs> is so hilarious but yeah that, that song is that's that song bangs man yeah
0: he, he always had these little weird changes that would come out of nowhere where it was just like um who was that song that is one song that ends is ending um yeah it's not yeah. even on beat it's the, just the, the song is like down it was something I think it was off of uh, sign of the time but yeah yeah and it fades out I can't remember oh shit there's one of those oh
4: songs. uh strange relationship I
0: think it maybe, maybe it is strange relationship yeah where it's like and it's like oh you need to keep that shit going well, yeah, right there's there oh yeah a lot of that where
4: the song's cut too early <laughs> that, just needs like, to, Yo. that needs to
0: that needs to keep on going whatever that is that you're doing right there that needs to continue happening
4: yeah <laughs> was, I mean I remember that way when uh another lover holding your head just on the album version before the 12 inch came out you're like they're about to get it you know are about to get it crazy what's going on he just faded out and i was so happy when that 12 inch came out because then you actually get to hear what was going on and what was going on was golden right he was, so, yeah. It, it's just the um, weird
0: things that he would just decide to do. I mean, even in Sign of the Times was like one of those albums that he just he loved doing that. I mean, even I could never take the place of your man when it was like that whole breakdown. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Where are we going? What? Where, where are we going with this? This is like yeah. a totally different journey than where we were. And it has nothing to do with where we were. It just doesn't even sound the same. So, yeah, that's. uh. Man, those was some great cuts, and uh, I mean... I-, I think I got one more. Oh, I yeah, got one I've, more. Go, I've got... Yeah, we got... Do it, sure. All right.
4: Go. Um So my last one would be... Uh, this is another one where I think they should put it out on something, because uh, it's just... A, man. Uh, nine to five people. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. That song is like one of my favorites now, because that's... <laughs> I, it's so you know, to me it takes me back to an era that I just love and where his sound is so identifiable to me, where you could just play something and I already know oh that's Prince. I know the sound of the drums, I know the sound of the guitar or you know the reverb, whatever. And that's just like I can see that I love sexy era or whatever, and I'm like this song would have bang like just I'm like, oh my <laughs> God! I already see it, man. But that song is slamming to me. Nine to five people—they just don't understand. Yeah, man. Yeah, so that those are my my picks for right for right now. Oh,
0: mean, those are good ones, man. Those are really, really good ones. And uh, I just, just some of these—he's got so many weird unreleased songs. I just, I kind of feel like every year that passes by that Paisley Park isn't taking advantage of of releasing some of these things that songs like this, that we know are just, you know, are just people want people. We, we know they're here. We know they exist. Um, it's just kind of a little, uh, it's, it's kind of this morning. Um, I, I just, I, i I'm very, very frustrated, um, that a lot of these songs exist like this. And I mean, even just the ones you named and the ones that, um, You know, I I mean, I I kind of avoided doing a little bit of the the completely unreleased uh, things because just because there's so many of them uh, that are out there, that's very very difficult. Yeah, kiss me quick, great one. You know, I mean, turn me on. Uh, Lisa was a great one. Um, Broken. I mean, I'm just kind of you know going through you know some of the list of here purple, yeah. purple music. I mean, purple music is like one of those one of those tracks that gets reco- gets requested all the time. Um, he was
4: playing that song, right? He was actually playing that vibe.
0: Yeah, he's yeah he was doing a lot of that stuff. I mean, the Roadhouse Garden and and of course uh, was unreleased until last year. Um, but you know, Noon Rendezvous, um, Wendy's Parade, Teacher, Teacher. I mean, neon. Teacher, teacher. Oh my God. Uh, can I play with you? Uh, da, 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 Adonis, Adonis and Bathsheba. Matter of fact, there was somebody who I think it was Lisa. I think it was Lisa that, that actually she's got uh, a long list of ones. Adonis and Bathsheba, uh, Lisa Van Gogh, "Kiss Me Quick" was in there, and Stone. Um,
4: Stone, yes.
0: Yeah, Stone. Used to and, be the best of me. <laughs> <laughs> he
4: was filthy on that. <laughs> yeah, and uh,
0: and then of course, then uh, who? Uh, Eric came back in with uh, Cookie Jar and Schoolyard.
4: Cookie yeah. Jar, yeah. You know the thing about these songs, though, these unreleased songs that we talk about. I- I'm with you. I-, I want them to get. Uh, I want them to get an official Christine release, I would say that. But I'm under no illusions, at least from me, in my opinion, that anybody outside of the Prince fan base would care about these songs um, because they don't have any context for them. So to them, it'd just be a, another Prince song uh, that they probably weren't paying, they're not paying attention to the release stuff so i wouldn't expect them to pay attention to this because they wouldn't it wouldn't mean anything to them they don't know the stories behind it they don't understand all oh, this song would it came out on this album or during this time so i, I only really want them to be put out because i want crystal clear versions of them but i'm not i'm not tripping that they're not going to be in my opinion i don't see them being big sellers or anything just because there's no education piece to tell people why their songs matter
0: Right. Well, Rodney. Rodney uh, Fitzgerald just uh, sent me an email. He sent his top five, and he's he's got one that is a very highly requested one: uh, "Violet the Organ Grinder."
4: Ah, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. one.
0: Uh, "Get Off Maxi," which I've never heard, but that is—I think it's the Maxi version of "Get Off," but it's mm-hmm. got um, it's, I guess, has been reworked by Claire Fisher and Eric Leeds. Uh, okay. Uh, Someone to Call, which uh was from uh, I guess a Lakeland rehearsal that he has. Uh, One Plus One Plus One is Three. We've we've heard that one obviously, but that is just those get on the boat. One Plus One Plus One is Three. What's the other one that's on that same album? Um, I mean, there's some bangers on that album. I mean, about Rainbow Children, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some serious, I mean, yeah, it's just. (laughs) one of those albums is just like the work. Are you kidding me? Oh God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and of course, extra lovable, the original version from 1983. We we just got done playing that. And, um, he's got, uh, old friends for sale, the original rehearsal version with Claire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With a shout out to Brent. Um, on uh, percussion but yeah so yeah those are good ones those Rodney those are really good ones those are fantastic ones.
4: what's up Rodney yeah
0: Rodney, roddy, roddy. <laughs> wait and i think we have our special guest on the line right now let's get him on the line mr philip lassiter hold on just a second for me is this mr philip lassiter hey, hey,
4: hey fellas <laughs> hey fellas how we doing what's up Philip? how, how, how are we connecting here man i don't make no sense <laughs> <laughs> man, I
5: I am so sorry guys. I you know, better late than never. I literally just walked off the stage. Uh, we we're doing our sound check today for our LA uh, album release party tonight at the mint and uh nice I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm late, but I'm, I'm glad we're getting a few minutes in
0: here.
4: Are oh, you right on time, man?
0: Oh yeah, no we're 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 and just I going through... let you guys know. No go ahead. I wanna let you guys know right off the bat I got I got the lead
5: singer from the Party Crashers record, Elliot Yamin, here with me in the car, as well as the guitar player, co-producer Juan Ariza. Is it, is it, we're all packed in the car, uh, stuck on the 405, headed home. So um, you get uh, three,
0: you get three for one tonight. Nice, <laughs> fantastic. So you know, what well, we don't, you know we want to talk a little bit about you guys got a, a brand new album called filthy. That is uh that's you're doing the album release party tonight. And uh, I actually got an opportunity to hear some of the tracks on, on this album. And it is, it is amazing. So give me a little bit of background story about who's involved uh, with this album. And uh, well, let's, let's just start where, uh, let's just start with you and your involvement with, with, your, with music and getting involved with Prince and how you got on this journey to where you are right now. And then we'll start talking about Filthy, and maybe at that point I can uh, find a couple tracks here to, to play for the audience.
5: Well, um, I'm a trumpet player turned sing, singer-songwriter, and I got involved in the gospel music industry uh, many years ago working with gospel artists like Kirk Franklin and Fred Hammond. And then, uh, after about 10 or 12 years of doing that, I was referred to Prince. And, um, in, in that time span, I also, uh, was writing songs and kind of finding my sound, which was also very Prince, um, inspired and in Parliament and, and, um, uh, Earth, and Fire, Stevie Wonder and so on and so forth. And, uh, I started this band in Nashville, uh, essentially actually in Dallas. And then, uh, and then again in Nashville called Filthy with a P-H, Funk F U N K, And, uh, and so uh, I'd been doing this for a while. It was more of a hobby. It was more of a, a pet project, you know. And um, I signed with Snarky Pubby's label a few years ago, and we released an al- a couple albums um, on their Ground Up label. And uh, and then I decided after uh, I was with Prince, um, and once it ended, I decided to uh, to move to L.A., and uh, and try L. A. out, and so now I'm here. And when I moved here, I I met an, extra, an extraordinary singer sitting right here beside me. His name's Elliot Yamin. You might know him from American Idol season five. He also had a hit with uh Stargate called "Wait for You." And uh, we we were actually actually I was subletting a room in his house, and um and we became we became really good friends and started writing songs. And then um, I was doing In fact, it was him that was like, "Hey, man, why don't you?" Why don't you play a show in L.A.? And I was like, ah, no, nah, I'm, I'm not really doing Filthy right now. I'm just trying to, you know, work in L.A. And I was trying to be everybody's corner ranger, you know. So uh, he said, no, you should do a show. So I started doing shows in L.A. And then after about a year of that, um, I would hey, Elliot would always come to my shows and, and support me. And then we were writing all these tunes. And I was like, you know what, man, why don't you sing with Filthy? So we took all these tunes that we've been working on, and uh, and we we put out a whole project called Party Crashers, and the concept is we're the independent artists crashing the record industry party. We weren't invited; our names weren't on the list, but we're crashing the party. one year. here. So that's pretty much the history of it all in a nutshell.
0: So how did you get involved? How did Prince get involved in your life as far as your musical career? How did how did you get discovered by him?
5: Well. Like I was saying about the gospel, uh, working in gospel music for so many years, I played on, you know, over a hundred gospel records. Um, and from doing that, I uh, there's a guy named Andrew Goucher who played bass with Prince. And uh, Andrew and I knew each other through the years, but we weren't tight or anything. But he knew my work, and I knew his. So he knew of my work through the gospel industry. And then when Prince asked him hey do you know I'm looking for a horn arranger do you know somebody um, he uh, without hesitation he recommended me and so that's how it happened then I began the process of of um, um, auditioning for Prince and it took about six months and uh, I was doing all of these arrangements for him and he was just like i want I want to hear what you would do on the days of wild and so I did this ar- and I had no idea if any of this was gonna surface and You know, I I wasn't, I wasn't asking about like, you know, for money or anything. I was just trying to ride the wave and, and be sensitive and, and, you know, not screw it up essentially. And, um, he was loving everything I was doing. And then, um, after I did a few of these, um, he sent me a few more and I was like, okay, (laughs) like what's the, I called the the musical director Cassandra O'Neill and I was like, okay, uh, what's the deal? Because. I can't just keep doing this forever. It's been six months. Like, what? And she said, this is classic. She says, hold on one second. I'll call. I'm, he's standing right here. I'll ask him. I'm going right here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a million things here. So she says, she says uh, hold on one second. I'll call you right back. Ten minutes later, Cassandra calls me back, and she says, Phil, can you be here tomorrow? I'm like, what? She said, well, I just asked him. I told him. I said, uh, Prince. Bill wants to know what's up, and he, he responded by saying, "Just get him here. <laughs> Just right. get him here." <laughs> and so she said, "All right." And she's like, "Well, can you? It's ten o'clock at night. Can you fly in in the morning? Okay. Um, I'm living in Brooklyn. I'm broke, AM. and I'm like, I'm barely paying my bills, and I'm I have nothing to wear for the the mighty prince." the mighty purple man of funk. And, you know, he's known for being the stylish man and stylish-ish man in the world. And I'm like, I got nothing to wear. So <laughs> I got a few hours to get myself together, and I ride first class for the first time in my life. I get on a first-class flight to Paisley Park, and I uh, and I meet him. And he was so nice. And the first thing he said to me was, I love what you did on Days of Wild. And he smiled. And, of course, before I could say thank you, he he, he whisked, whisked around and was like, follow me. And he was, like, off in the dark. <laughs> and I'm walking down this hallway, and he shows me Paisley and um, takes me into a conference room, and we have this awesome conversation about that he wants to do this historical thing with 11 horns. And he said, you know, my father used to talk about giant horn sections in the 70s. And uh, he said, you know, at this point in my career, I don't feel like that there's anything I, less that I necessarily need to say. And uh, he said, so if I'm going to do something, it's got to be something that I just, that I'm interested in. And frankly, Phil, I just want to hear it. And Man, my job just dropped on the floor. <laughs> I just want to hear it. <laughs> and so um, that was the first time I spoke after I said, thank you this this was the second time I spoke in like, you know, 30 minutes. And I said, when he said, I just want to hear it, I said, right on. <laughs> and he goes, he immediately goes, you'll be very happy with your compensation. <laughs> and I said, right on. <laughs> and uh, we had a wonderful time and then Michael B. Nelson showed up and I got to meet him. And um, I think I was, I was like a, I was still geeked to meet michael because he's such i'm a horn ranger, you know and he he's the king as far as i'm concerned so um you know it was it was really a lot of fun and the three of us hung out for a couple of hours just you know listening to music and talking about music and talking about all kinds of stuff it was it was beautiful and then it began you know and, and he used to say things to me like we're gonna make history and it just didn't really resonate with me. I mean, even though it was Prince saying this to me, like, who says that? We're going to make history. I felt like I was in, like, the middle of the Mighty Ducks movie or something, you know? Like, who says we're going to make history? You know? It was just weird. It was just weird to me because no one had ever said that to me before. If anybody said that to me before, I would have thought they were crazy. And he said that to me, and in the back of my mind, I can't help it. I just didn't it, I didn't realize who was saying this to me. And then we went and did that, and it didn't hit. didn't hit me until after he passed. That we had indeed made history, because when else did he rock Montreux Jazz Festival and do all of those songs, all those deep cuts, all those artsy songs like uh, Shades of Umber and Dark, and all the all the beautiful hits with um with the full with a full big band, you know? And it went down in history. We did Arsenio, we did Chicago, we did Kudasau, Style, and I met my wife on Kudasau Style because of Prince, you know. And I got to uh, I got to tell him that before he passed. And I got to introduce him to my wife and tell him that you know we met on Curacao and it was all because he hired me. He heard something and what I was doing and loved it. And, and it changed my life, man. The whole the whole experience just absolutely uh, just changed my life in so many ways. I could talk about it for hours.
0: Oh man, and I don't blame you. You got you got the stories. It's definitely something that you should do. I mean, I I have a few print stories and I tell them all the time, and anybody that listens. And so, yeah, I don't. I certainly do. Don't blame you for sharing them. I, I can only imagine that the volume of music and the volume of songs that you have to that you have to remember and recall is just got to be overwhelming. Was there like when you're when you guys are doing stuff like Montreux? Is there Uh, How many songs do you have to have in your repertoire? You have to be ready to play at any... I imagine that Montreux is probably a little bit more... um, It's probably one of those... Definitely one of those shows where you stick to the set list, whatever's there. It's not one of those scenarios where he has a typical show where you have to have, you have to know 120 songs, and he could call any of them out at any given time. And I'm pretty sure they're probably. Yeah, no, we knew Mont- what we were doing. Yeah, we knew what we were doing with Munch. Mont- yeah, it was very set, set list. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah,
5: five minutes before the show, and we had. We had to get our iPads. Everything was on iPad, and we had to get everything in order. And, you know, while getting warmed up and, you know, getting ready for the show. So, uh, yeah, he kept us on our toes for sure. But Montreux was a little, I remember it being a little more structured, which was, uh, which was helpful, of course.
0: <laughs> right. You, know, you have to be. Yeah, that's not an audience that is very forgiving when it comes to mistakes. That's for sure. <laughs>
5: Yeah, that was a magical, that was a magical show. like I got a great, I got a great story. Um, Prince and I never really talked much outside of the music, um, and and I was okay with that because you know I was there to do a job, and I I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything to screw it up, you know. So I was there to do a job, and I was happy with our our relationship of just it being work work mostly and, and music. But this was one time where he spoke to me uh, outside of work, and I, it. It's a great story. We arrived in Montreux, and our luggage didn't make it. But they said, don't worry, the luggage will be here before uh, the show, but not for the sound check. And all I had on was a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. I mean, I look like a bum. And and Sandra O'Neill, our, our musical director, he says to me, uh, Phil, you're not wearing that, are you? I was like, well, this is all I have. And she goes, well, you better go buy something. <laughs> and I said, We're in Montreux. We're in the most expensive city maybe in the world. She's like, Well, you better pony up and go find something on sale oh, So here I am, I'm walking the streets of Montreux, I got an hour to find something to wear so that Prince doesn't fire me from wear- for wearing shorts at the Sound like And uh and I'm 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 hunting around and I'm looking at pants for like fifteen hundred dollars for a oh, pair of trousers. Oh my god. So and I'm I'm like, oh my god! I'm gonna spend everything I'm making on this trip, on this outfit. So I find an H and M. I go into H H&M, and M, H&M an H and M in Switzerland. I mean, I'm about 180 pounds. I'm not a big guy at all. I'm a, me- I'm, a you know, I'm an American medium, but over there, I'm a fat guy. <laughs> I'm I'm hefty, chunky. <laughs> I'm hefty. So I, find, I can't find anything that will fit me. And this is amazing, right? I'm like a 30, 30, 33, 34 waistline, right? I can't find anything. I see on the shelf, there's a white suit, a whole suit. And I'm like, dig that. I go over there and I find one large, a large. I put it on, it fits me perfectly. Almost too tight, but not quite. 200 hundred euro only. 200 euro I put on this white suit And man I'm looking fly I wear it out of the store I wear it to sound check And Prince comes right up to me At sound check On the stage And and looks at me and he goes That's a nice suit so I'm like Thanks This was epic you Because he only talked to me about music That's a nice <laughs> suit And he was like really digging it And I was like Thanks And he goes He get a pocket square for it And I was like Noted and then he goes, yeah, that's clean. That's clean. And then at the end of the soundtrack, in front of the whole band, he goes, you're going to wear that suit tonight, right? And I'm like, yeah, I sure am. He was like, yeah, clean. So then we get to the show, and we play the show, and there's this part in one of the songs where the horn section comes to the front of the stage, and we do one of our features. So we come out, and we do a feature. During the feature, Prince is dancing, like, all around us, like, crazy dancing moving through us intertwining and he comes by me and he takes his, his hand right and he swipes it on my shoulder and he goes clean <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow.
5: during the show clean and you guys i got married i got married in that suit I'm sure <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's a magic suit man It's
5: a magic
0: suit right there of, yeah i gotta got frame screen. that suit man that. Frame it. Uh, every <laughs> single time I ever met Prince, I was not dressed for the part. Every single time I met, I met him three times, and every single time I was not dressed well. <laughs> I was, I either Yo, <laughs> because I didn't, I wasn't. the worst feeling ever. So I didn't know that was going to happen. You know, I, I mean, I wanted to come look and fly, but I was thinking that I was going to be way at the back, and you know, I you don't expect you're going to actually meet him. And because um, that wasn't Man. that wasn't my goal, and then I mean I had like you know the cargo shorts, <laughs> t-shirt, or whatever. It's like okay, right. right? Yeah, it's not very fly, but whatever. <laughs> Man, I, I live in LA now, and I was I was at my
5: studio the other day, and I get a call to go to Eddie Murphy's house and do a session for freaking Eddie Murphy, and I got shorts and a t-shirt on and Charlie Brown band. <laughs> they little charlie brown snoopies on them because i'm a i'm kind of a nerd and i like charlie brown and so um and 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 i don't have time i there's no time i can't change i i i can't even get into my house it's a long story but i, I gotta meet eddie murphy and i oh man what a you you feel like such a bum <laughs> <laughs>
0: But you're, I mean, you're living the life, and now today, now is today actually the official uh, release date for the album that anybody can get it and purchase it? Yeah.
5: That is awesome. The album dropped today, man. It dropped today, and um, we're so excited, Elliot and I, and, and Juan, and, and the whole crew, man, there's so many great, we had Mono Neon, who was a, a former, you know, he was Prince's last bass player, he's all over the record, Mark was from... Snarky Puppy, Bobby Sparks, who also played with Prince, um, Dominique Taplin, Xavier, who also played with Prince. He's in the band. Um, we've got a lot of Prince alumni, um, but I don't think, although it's definitely Prince inspired, I think you also hear a lot of Fly and the Family Stone, and Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Stevie Wonder, and, you know, and I don't think it sounds like a, a Prince tribute band. That's not really what I'm going for. But you definitely hear it, the purple in it for sure.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that that's a given. Matter of fact, l- let's let's play I'm going to play like 20 seconds of the first track on the album uh, "Take a Ride," and we will play it in its entirety after uh, after the show is over, which ends you know pretty shortly in about 30 minutes. But I do want to play a bunch of tracks, and I'm going to tell you right now that I am putting a lot of these tracks in the uh, regular rotation on the radio show, just so you know. Awesome. Uh, Because this so much because this album was just it was as hot. And I, I was trying to tell Mike I don't, I don't know if Michael I don't know if you got an opportunity To hear this album yet But
4: I, I, I heard it But I just got one question Who wrote the song yeah. Our Love Is Gold?
5: I woke up in the middle of the night Three o'clock in the morning And I I went Our love is gold I jumped out of bed I ran over to my keyboard And I started writing And I wrote it in 15 minutes And my wife Woke up She goes What are you doing? What are you doing up right now? And I said, Shh, go, go back to bed. And I wrote the song as quickly as I could. And I recorded it on my phone and, and went back to bed. And that I, I wrote wow. that one.
4: Well, I'm gonna tell you, for yeah. me, that's the coldest song on the album, right there. I I heard that immediately. I was like, oh, that's the joint, thank right you. there. Oh, man. Yeah, that, Yeah,
0: yeah there's some really great, great tracks on this album, and um, it's. Uh, oh,
5: thank you. Yeah, it's
0: it's it's a really for for definitely for all you purple fam out there. This album is fantastic, and it's got a lot of purple fingerprints all over it. Uh, it's a great, great album. It's on sale today. You can get it on. I, I know this sounds like I'm finalizing things and I'm closing things up, but I'm not. You can stay as long as you want. Um, but I'm just trying to give people information. The album is uh, called Filthy. P H I L T H Y. Can they um, can they get it on their website and also Amazon? And w- what are all the places that you would prefer that they it's, go to? It's to pretty in? much. It's pretty much everywhere.
5: The, the The name of the album is Party Crashers. Oh, sorry, and the name guys. of the, uh, yeah, and and it, the band is called Filthy, P-H-I-L-T-H-Y, and like Filthy, Fil- Filthy, and uh, the name of the album is Party Crashers, and it features Elliot Yamin. So you're about to hear Elliot sing and Juan in the back playing guitar. Uh, take a ride, everybody.
3: Fasten your seatbelts. take my rhythm, but the phone just can't be killed, music is your lifeblood, it opens up your eyes, don't you be deceived son, mm-hmm. don't you listen to the lies, I'm tired,
0: And that was a little snippet of "Take a Ride" yeah. from Filthy's album. That's it. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to play that whole entire track, and I'm, a, I'm gonna also play the. Uh, I'm also gonna play the, uh, the "Our Love Is Gold" track too uh, after the show as well, since uh, since Michael Dean's got so much love for it, I'll make sure it's on
5: there
4: as yeah, well. Yeah, man. Let, let me ask you. Oh, oh, a you know, can I ask you a question? You know, the uh, first. Yeah, please. Um, now is this album uh wasn't the last time I talked to you you mentioned how you got married. Is this a, an album, is this the first album since you've been married or is this you had some work before that?
5: Um I uh I released Philip Lasseter Dreams on uh Ground Up a few years ago and then last year I released my first trumpet album and it was a hip hop album called Chill Mode. Uh Um, under my name Philip Lassiter. So yeah, I've been working hard, man. I'm trying to keep the music coming.
4: Okay. I was going to ask you, like, how is it has, uh, you know, being a married man and out of them streets, has that affected (laughs) your songwriting? (laughs) Well, Well, that's a great, that's
5: a great question because a lot of these songs were written um. After I was I was married. Um, okay. So obviously, yeah. This is even the stuff that I'm writing for the next record. It's it's like Filthy grew up, you know, and and he's still Filthy for life. But um, you know, he's like he's he's uh he's got something to say, and he and he's still funny, and he's still you know gonna gonna ride that that uh that fine line, you know, with uh some uh, a little bit of promiscuity here and there. We're just having fun, you know, but but classy still. Some people think it's just, you know, that because it's filthy, that it's something like way over the top sexual, but um, it's just cheeky, really. It's just cheeky. Um, We have fun, you know? We don't take ourselves too seriously. So, but we have something to say. We have something to say about the music industry. We have something to say about society and and politics. Um, We have something to say about love, man.
4: Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Now I always think when you say filthy, I always think of the Bay Area because it's like a old school, a Bay turn. say oh, exactly. filthy. It's like it's filthy. It's funky. It's
5: like it snake man. It's 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 a reference to funk. I had to explain that to my mom. <laughs>
4: <laughs> right on, right on. Well, yeah, I'm I'm excited for the record, man. And uh, are you guys going to be uh, going on the road? When you show
5: like. We're we're working with a booking agent and uh we're on Rope Records and we're we're working on all that. We just smashed in Nashville. Um we had a wonderful time there. Um and so we're gonna be uh we're gonna be in uh, San Diego. We're gonna be we're doing the show tonight. We've got we're opening for Ghost Note, which is another it's Mono Neon and Dominic Kaplan and some of the some of the uh former NPG guys. Okay. Um uh, sorry. And uh Okay, and and um, we're going to be uh, opening for them at the TerraGram Ballroom um, on July fifteenth. Um, we're uh, we've got some shows in LA. We're we're working on doing some. We're working on doing some uh, some touring in the fall. But uh, right now, it's just kind of all uh, up in the air.
4: And
3: yes, we're yeah. trying to make it happen.
4: Okay, and I know you always out there working because I, I could have sworn you mentioned something that you're going to be working with, uh, you know, I have to say the, the legendary, iconic Isley Brothers, is that right? I'm playing with the Isley Brothers tonight. Tonight, Ever? okay. Yeah. Wow. Nice. <laughs> I'm going yeah, my hat to you, right with you
0: It's crazy,
5: man. It's crazy because I... I am so in love with the Isaac brothers. I've listened to them so much. Their songwriting and would you believe Ron is like seventy something and he sounds like he's in his twenties.
3: Wow.
0: Ron just sounds incredible. Yeah, man. Yeah, those guys never lose their never lose their spark, that's for sure. That's them and the Neville brothers, man. It's like all those guys. Ian Neville and Ivan Neville and I just it's something about when you live and breathe music. 24 7 you just you, you just never lose it it just it keeps you young it keeps you youthful and it's just I just I watch people wither away and then I watch people take it all the way until their final breath and uh, normally the ones that do it the best are the ones that are living it living it and breathing it
5: you know I'm just so I'm just so honored you guys because you know after being with Prince and then losing him when I'm on stage with Ron and and Ernie, I I soak it up, man. I just breathe it in, and I'm just like, "Wow, I'm I'm such a fan." And I just with Prince, you know, that was my first working with an icon like that, and and um, you know, I enjoyed it, and I got I have wonderful memories, but I was also very stressed out, and um, you know, and so uh, now? When I'm in those if I just I just enjoy I I enjoy it so much more now because after losing him and realizing you know we're not gonna have these people around forever, like mm-hmm. it's it just makes sense to just breathe it in and you know and uh, and just enjoy every second of it, man.
4: Absolutely. That's interesting that you you say that. So, I mean, I kind of hear you, you know. It's sort of the, it's a different generation, and you know a lot of these guys have been around for a long time. And obviously, when you go to work for them, there's so much game to soak up and experience. But I'm curious, what do you think? Like in terms of going forward, do you see sort of that um, you know that that work uh, integrity uh, like in in ten years? Are we going to have these people that the younger cats are going to be like, yo, I'm playing for this person, I'm playing for Philip Lasseter, or I'm, <laughs> I'm playing for Beyonce? I mean, do, do we think, do you, do you see music uh, in terms of musicianship still going strong like that where people can have this degree? Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely.
4: Without a doubt, um, the music is going to keep on
5: pushing, being pushed and um, being celebrated and developed. It's going to continue to develop. I'm going to keep developing. My buddy, Elliot Yamin, on the mic, he's going to keep on developing it. Um, and uh, and and like my guitar player just got out of the car and co-producer, Juan Ariza, I mean, he's doing stuff with James Cameron right now. Um, oh, okay. This, huh. this kid is 24 years old from Columbia, put himself through Berkeley. He is absolutely the future of music, absolutely without a doubt the future of music. And I, I'm meeting all these young guys, man, that and girls and girls in, in, in LA, and uh, that are just absolutely on the cusp of uh, of music and and uh, and art. And it's just I, I'm I'm excited about it. And it, and I'm meeting some wonderful, they're also wonderful human beings with that aren't you know full of themselves. Um, mm. But uh, I'm inspired uh, right now. I'm in a very good place, and uh, I'm I'm inspired here in Los Angeles and with all of the uh, with the melting pot that it is and everything. And uh, you know, it's it's wonderful. I'll let Elliot if you wanna if you wanna say something. I mean, Elliot's been here in in Los Angeles longer longer than I have. You guys meet Elliot, y'all. You know I
6: mean. Hey, what's up, y'all?
4: What's up, Elliot?
6: What's going on, buddy? Hey, thanks so much. Thanks so much for showing us the love today, y'all. We appreciate it, man.
4: No No doubt, man.
6: I still remember the
0: first time I heard you open your mouth. I I want to say it was um, a Stevie Wonder song. I think it was "Knocks Me Off My Feet." I think you were. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what song it was that you had done. You had done some Stevie Wonder song on American Idol, and I was just like, every week I ended up spending all my votes on you.
6: Oh, dude! <laughs> That's what's up, man.
0: Nice. You were—I mean, you—you you have some serious pipes, man. Serious pipes, and it's really cool to hear you doing things, man.
6: Yeah, thank you, guys. It's been really cool to be a part of this project, and um, I'm just really grateful I met Phil. And and uh, he's been a good mentor, and and uh, um, you know, musically, he's. You know he's one of the one of the coldest cats I've ever got had a chance to work with so just getting the right songs with them and getting performed them with him is has been a real blast so I'm just yeah stoked to have some something, something new and new and fun to talk about
0: <laughs> yeah and, and what was it like to i mean you know obviously you're you're here now and and you know your voice sounds stronger than ever, but you know what are some of the things that you know you've learned from going from American Idol because you even had um, you know, Stevie Wonder was actually one of your, was like a guest coach or whatever they call it uh, during that season, if I remember. And I, I just, what do you feel like you've learned in these past, I don't know, how long has it been, 10 years? Um, between where you were then and where you are now, is just, have you been able to remain humble or are you just kind of just enjoying the ride or what's the process like for you?
6: Well, I'm doing both of those things. I've been enjoying the ride, and um, I'm—I've always—I've always always remained humble, just because you never know—you never know when or how your next opportunity is going to approach you. And um, so, and and you you just—you know—it's such uh, uh, a—it's such a um, small, small world, small community that um, you know it's important just to you know just to try not to take the opportunities uh, you know I speak of for granted you know so um that being said i mean uh yeah i mean i've got a lot of a lot of uh i could talk for hours about my encounter and uh my full day i got to spend with stevie wonder that that day it was it wasn't easy yeah he was our mentor for uh you know for a day and we all got to work with him and and um and so yeah the one thing he told me that always stuck out was that uh he's you know he said you know uh you should think about doing this as a career young man is what he told me and i was like okay i i could i could die tomorrow and uh, and and know that i just hearing that this was, was uh you know when when your idol says that to you that you know you know you're on the right path you know you're doing something right right so um and sometimes you know it's tough it's tough this business can be pretty tough and pretty mean and pretty uh it's just tough to navigate through and it's times like those where you uh you know, where you can kind of look back to for, you know, reaffirmation and and uh, um, and know that you know, yeah, man. I mean, we're we're all really lucky and grateful to get to do what we do. So, yeah, man. And I've grown leaps and bounds. I, I had no experience whatsoever, really, in performing and um, and and really how to use my voice up until trying out for American Idol. So, uh, once I did that, once I made it onto the show, I started learning so so many things that I never knew were possible. And yeah, man, it's we're always learning, we're always growing, we're always evolving. You know, that's kind of the whole point of it all. So um, I've I've just grown leaps and, and bounds with uh, with doing this album with Phil, you know, and Phil D. So um, yeah, onward and upward. It's always we're constantly learning. We have to constantly be learning about ourselves and 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 our, the world around us. Otherwise, what's it all for, you know? <laughs>
0: Yeah, man. Well, I, I'm I'm glad that you ended up with with Phil and Mono Neon and all those cats. You've definitely settled in with yeah. some top notch musicians, and I, you know, as as long as you guys you keep keep going, I, I just yeah, you know, I don't see how we don't hear you guys on the radio soon. Um, I know that there's not a whole bunch of love for funk on the radio nowadays, for whatever reason that is. Even though we do get it in the form of Bruno Mars and, you know, as backing tracks to a lot of hip hop songs, but <laughs> it's, which is bizarre to me is that it's one of the most unloved, <laughs> It's I mean, besides opera and stuff like that, but it just doesn't get the love that it used to back in the eighties and early nineties. And, and I just think that if people really paid attention to all the songs that they've, you know, I mean, when you look at songs that are, topping the charts forever like Bruno Mars Uptown Funk and and all those things. It's it's just this is what people don't even realize that they want to hear. And I think this album, this filthy album is just is just full of of hits that could easily be on the radio if it was just given the chance. So man, nothing but love for you guys and we're going to do whatever we possibly can to, uh, as I mentioned uh to Phil, I'm going to make sure that we put these songs in rotation so that people can get acclimated to to hearing them and uh, hopefully we get some get some traction because you got some really good stuff man and your voice is stronger than, than ever I um, think it's really kind of matured and kind of thickened up and you've just been yeah you you guys are fire man definitely
6: uh, th- uh, thanks so much guys yeah thank you guys so much for making time for us and thanks for the love and support and, and anybody out there listening man we uh you know, we are just we're just excited to share it with anyone who will listen. So we appreciate all the listeners out there, as well. You know, and you can all follow us everywhere. Filthy with a P H,
0: Funk F U N K. Sounds good. So we'll make sure that they have. Is that filthyfunk.com? Is that is that the actual uh, web address or?
5: That's the website. No, but that's our that's our social media handle. Filthy the Ph Funk F U N K Yeah, they can find us everywhere that way. Or if they just search for Filthy for the al- if they're searching for the album, just search for Filthy and the two Filthy albums will come up. The new one they dropped today is called Party Crashers.
0: We're going to be playing a couple tracks from that in uh, just about ten minutes as soon as the show's over. We're going to be playing a couple tracks so people can start getting into it, man. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your schedule for coming and and hanging with us.
5: Thank you, Funktopia. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you, Funktopia.
0: We love y'all. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for stopping in.
5: Okay, peace and blessings.
0: Same to you. <laughs> I love it. Um, <clears throat> but man, I, I, yeah, this album is is fire. It's awesome.
4: It's yeah, you got awesome. some hot shit on there for sure. Oh, man. Oh, it's amazing to me. Like his his the production quality is so. Uh, top quality and like he's like actually a really really good musician man it's kind of like one of those people I was like man I wish he was able to like produce other people because he, he. I love his sound you know the sound that he the, the quality of his production the sound of it and that feel he has that like he, he's got that funk type of thing but he also can kind of keep it was a little commercial too you know what i'm saying that you can get into it. so i i just really wish he was like more sort of like the go-to person for some other cats man because he's got that sound down
0: right yeah it's um i tell you man um i'm, I'm kind of it's it, it kind of frustrates me a lot because <clears throat> as far as the style of music and we've only got like about seven minutes left in the show but um not that there's any hard line going. It's not like there's a DJ waiting under the side of the door. Come on, watch him to watch.
4: He's going to cut us off.
0: <laughs> you got to
4: go. This show is brought to you by. <laughs>
0: but I think what's frustrating to me is because I, you know, Funkotopia is not just about the, um is not just about, Prince. I know a majority, like eighty-five percent of the people that listen, are listening for Prince because I, I play so much Prince, twelve hours a day is Prince. Um, but there is so much music out there that is worthy of uh, of people hearing, like Filthy and like Monophonics and like um, and like the new Master Sounds and like I mean and like Turkaz and and all these. I mean, how many people knew, or you probably knew, but how many people knew that George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic released an album last month? Right. See, that's, yes, that's right. some good stuff on it, too, actually. Yeah, I know. And that's what annoys me. So there's a brand new album, for those who don't know, Parliament released a brand new album full. I don't know how, I can't even, I don't remember how many tracks were on the album, but it was a lot. Was like two or three dozen. And the album is called Medicaid Fraud Dog. I don't (laughs) know why. It just amazes me. I have no idea what that's about. But anyways, um, I'm supposed to have George on the show. George is supposed to come on the show. Um, We're we're just, it's a scheduling conflict thing. We're just kind of going back and forth. But anyways, um, that's the kind of thing. I mean, you're talking about a historic funk band. If you stood in front of 100 people and said, Name what, Name the pinnacle of funk. Parliament's going to be on the lips for a lot of people. Parliament Funkadelic or some version of George Clinton's. I've, I've, obviously, you're going to get James Brown. You're going to get some of the others. But Parliament's going to be in that mix. And mm. and hardcore. So, And the fact that they released a brand new album a month ago, unnoticed, is just... It's it's a travesty to me. It's just, and, and it's so frustrating that there's so many amazing artists and amazing bands that are putting out great, fantastic new music. And that's the reason why I, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to create this radio station was to kind of make sure that people got to hear some of this new stuff. But I get a lot of pushback, you know, because people will tune out when I start playing too much monophonics or too much new master sounds or too much you know, new parliament or songs they don't know. But as I've said many times before, even when Prince had his own radio station, when he was doing the NPG audio, he was playing new music from his favorite artist. And it was just, you know, he wanted you to hear that good stuff that was out there. I mean, a lot of people don't know Faux. Uh They've got two albums now. Um, good friends of the show have been on the show a couple times and Prince loved them, and actually asked them to come to Paisley Park to open up for um, Larry Graham. But they have two albums of amazing music, and it's just one band after another, the Bamboos, and just, it's just, a, I, I could just sit here and just ramble off names <laughs> of bands, and, and nobody knows who these people are. And they're putting out music that is way superior to anything that's on the radio right now. And I just, right, right. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Don't get it. But that was
3: Whoa.
0: Prince's thing, too. You know, because he was putting out this fantastic music and not many people were listening. 66,000 people listened.
4: I <laughs> feel <laughs> stuck on that, man.
3: <laughs> <The artist's laughs> 66,000.
4: Right.
0: 50, 51,000 of which was sold the first week.
4: <laughs> wow. <Well. laughs> Hey, man, you know, there's, we, we're just living in different times, man, and I know there's so much more to grab our attention than there used to be, so, you know, it's a lot of it, you know.
0: Well, we got a laundry list of songs to play for you, um, the listeners. I hope you guys enjoyed. I had a great time uh, hanging out with uh, Mr. Michael Dean. For those of you who don't know who Michael Dean is, and I don't know who the hell you are if you don't know who Michael is, but... <laughs> if you don't know who Michael is, can you tell them a little bit about podcast juice?
4: Uh, yeah, well, we do a uh, podcast. Obviously we have, uh, we've been doing the Prince podcast is the one that started. Uh, we now have like the Michael Dean show. We have another Prince, related podcast called Muse to the Pharaoh. um, and uh you know it's just a a home the home away from home you know i like to say that we create these shows so the people that have long commutes or you know it's a long day at work and you're just kind of bored of hearing this dull radio and people you don't really relate to well you can come to podcast juice and download our stuff and our whole thing is to make you smile entertain and you know educate as well but we just have a good time uh Yes, we're big Prince fans over there, and we've got all ages, you know, from the older guys like myself to younger cats, uh, and we just love to celebrate Prince, right? Uh, but we also talk about movies uh, and all that. H- hint, hint, goes to the uh, First Purge. I'm pushing that this week. But um, oh, you're,
0: you're, yeah, yeah, man, yeah man. I want to see that. It's, I know my, my my daughter is like loves horror and that type of that that type of genre of movie. And I was thinking, this seems like a good one to go see. And that, so you're well, saying, you're giving the check mark? <laughs> now I'm not talking about my younger daughter. I'm talking about my 15-year-old.
4: Well, I would say this. This movie uh, has triggered a few people. I don't know if you've seen the responses online I to some of the reviews. Okay. So this is a, this is a different... And I love this movie. I, I, I was very... Uh, entertaining is very sort of political uh, and very definitely pushes some racial situations. Uh, and But I thought it was the best Purge because it just goes straight to what it's about. Um, I like the Purge series in terms of like, the concept of it. I thought the movies were okay. But this one is a very entertaining movie. Um, I think depending on who you are, how, who a person is, they'll see this movie one way or the other. <laughs>
0: All right, there you go. You got the word. So, um, yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch yeah, you of things I want it to say. I want to see that new the Fallen Kingdom uh Jurassic the new Jurassic Park movie.
4: Saw that. Did I? Did I?
0: okay. It's no, it's the Ant-Man just came out today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a few that I have I haven't seen Incredibles 2. I uh, my, my I love you. all the Pixar films and uh so I've got to go. It's, it's just so many movies I've got to see, it. and I have a movie pass in my pocket. So there's, I have no excuse to not see any of these movies. Now,
4: have you heard? I don't know how much time you got. Now, have you heard what they're doing with movie pass now?
0: Yeah, the 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 surcharge, peak, thing. The, the the peak thing or whatever. It's just, yeah, it's becoming more and more trannish. frustrating. Well, I bought the stock. The Helio Helios and Matheson is the name of the the group that owns movie pass or whatever. And uh, I bought the stock for $6 or whatever, which I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm going to make a killing here. I'm going to get this <laughs> $6. Right. I'm going to get this $6, and this is going to explode. It's going to be, you know, because yeah, I'm thinking, how can this not work? How, how would people not yeah. want to pay $10 a month and see as many movies as they want to? And I was like, "How does this not work? Is because is it just like a suspension of dis I don't know what it is. People just can't. Well, uh, the their question head
4: around is, it? how how can they sustain it? Is I believe right. the concept is a game changer, but do they have the bankroll to right? To but then get AMC
0: came along. Now AMC's got a deal where you can spend twenty dollars a month. Twenty bucks. And yeah, you can see a couple movies or two or three movies. Uh, um a week or Three something week. like that, a couple of week or something like that. And that includes IMAX and 3D. So that kind of exactly. changes things a little bit there. And the next thing I know, that stock is now like 29 cents or something. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's like,
4: I heard I they know. are looking to, to sell the company. I heard uh, are they're they looking to get money because they can't, you know, they're running out of money because the more people sign up for that service, right. It's more that's going to cost them. And there's no way they can sustain that. Yeah, but but yeah, I I was an early supporter. I was I was on MoviePass two years ago when it first came out. It was like fifty bucks a month. Oh yeah, uh, it wasn't that that crazy. It It
0: was like yeah, I came into the ten dollar mark, but I've I've been on them for about a year, a little over a year. But it's just been it's been fine. But then when I had to start taking pictures of my movie tickets and start. And all it seems like every single time I turn around, there's something extra going on, and now I can't see a movie that I've already seen, and it's just like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's getting annoying now. So, anyways, uh, Michael, thank you so much for coming and hanging out, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for
4: having me, man. Thanks oh, for having man. me. I loved it. I yeah. Enjoyed it.
0: You're more than welcome to, uh, more than welcome to join anytime you like. We do this pretty. Well, we try to do it every every Friday night. I don't know if I'm going to do it next Friday night or not. I've decided. Uh, Kim Barry. Welcome. Thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, she came on right before you did. Uh, just just long enough to tell us uh, Princess Hairstylist for uh, almost 30 years. Kim Berry was here on the show and she came on just long enough to tell us that uh, she's got a really big announcement that she's going to be telling us on Monday. So thank you for that, whatever that is. Uh, I guess we'll be waiting with bated breath because she, I'm sure she's got some stories to tell. Uh, To be behind, to spend, oh oh my God, to spend hours and hours with a man while he's sitting in a chair and you're working on his hair for hours daily, (laughs) you got to have some stories. There's some stories there for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to hear those. And obviously, thank you to Elliot Yameen and um, also Philip Lassiter from Filthy who are here and we're going to be playing some tracks from, uh, I'm going to play, I'm going to start off with the, uh, the take a ride song. And then, uh, we're also going to get to our, my top five and your top five of Ooh. the, uh, last, the lost Prince cuts or deep Prince cuts or unreleased Prince cuts or whatever you want to call them. Doesn't really matter. Whatever their status is, you're going to hear them here in just a minute. Uh, but once again, thank you, Michael, for joining us. And, uh, For those who missed any part of this, it will be released before the weekend is out. You can view it on SoundCloud and Facebook. And I need to get with you, Michael, because I bought the Funk podcast and did the Castos thing and all this crap, and I have no idea what I'm doing, so... (laughs)
3: I may have
0: to <laughs> uh, I may have to hire you to talk me through this because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Uh, anyways, thank you guys for tuning in to Funkatopia Live. I hope you guys had a good time, and I know you want to get to the music, so let's do that. We're going to start out with Filthy's song, Take a Ride, and then we're going to move into our top five. And then, of course, we'll close that out with uh, Our Love is Gold by Filthy, which is another song that... Um, was a fan favorite of Michael's, of Filthy's new album. You want to pick up Filthy's new album? It's called Party Crashers, and they said pretty much it's available anywhere. So look for Filthy, P-H-I-L-T-H-Y, Party Crashers. You can get it anywhere, Amazon and wherever else. And uh, here it is. It's Filthy. Take a ride on Funkatopia. Thank you for tuning in to Live. And a bunch of lost cuts coming up right now on Funked Up. Fasten your seatbelts!